Sometimes I think I see a ghost In passing hallways The staircase to my apartment I accidentally self-impose Natural thoughts Kill us once Emotional involvement but a little uh, pause in between um, because we both came str- down. Str- yeah, str- strategically. Yes, you know. strategic. I was going to say we both were quarantined for a couple days. No, uh, unfortunately, we both are busy. It's been nuts for me, honestly, with the work stuff. Um, I've talked about it. I work in a hospital. You work in a grocery store. So we both have been just completely fucked. But then also... On, 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 the, on the front lines. <laughs> yeah, we are, we're hitting the, the real... We, I mean, to be honest, me and you are braver and working harder than the troops. We deserve more credit than firefighters and police officers in this oh, ordeal. Oh, do, you, do you know how scared I am going to work every day? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's been nuts. But also, uh, we wanted to talk about... We wanted to go back to roots to make a point uh, a pun here um and talk about wxw 16 carat a show a weekend um grouping of shows a promotion that me and you really bonded and formed our kind of friendship over podcasting talking about and being fans of and uh they came together so this week uh to honor the special guests of the weekend we are the Bati boys uh the the batty bat uh, guys who had their big influence over the weekend with the uh, daisuke akeda and uh, uh ichikawa um Yuki Ichikawa, obviously, um, showing up here. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess before we get into that, the news that's worth mentioning that we won't get into for the rest of it, uh, everything's canceled because of Corona, basically. Um, So that's it. WWE running WrestleMania in the Performance Center just announced before we started recording that they're going to turn it into a, is it a two-night event? Um, yes, 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 Saturday and Sunday now. Yeah, stretching out it in the Performance Center, very weird, but I guess maybe that's covering up for the fact that TakeOver won't be happening, um, technically. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, TakeOver got canceled, so I guess they, yeah, that's making up for, like, the two days of content, which, again, like, from what it seems, it didn't, it didn't seem like there was, like, any rumblings about this. It seems like it was a thing that Vince probably decided like fuck it we're doing fuck it we're doing this like maybe like at like three hours ago decided he was doing that yeah and they'll probably just integrate everything that would be happening all into one you know into one two two night shows with basically like takeover uh, WrestleMania and uh, the Hall of Fame got canceled too so maybe that'll be integrated somewhat as well into there um, so yeah I mean it's been so back and forth it's great it's honestly probably a better that we didn't record when we normally would have at the end of last week because there was so much just ebb and flow and who knows what the fuck is going on and everything was up in the air. And now it seems like stuff has really settled down and it's more kind of... We, everyone has admitted the truth that we all knew that none of these shows are happening. Pretty much everyone's canceled. Um, 
we've got stuff like Osprey running uh, no fans show. Uh, wrestling his girlfriend B Priestley in in what seems like it's a pretty good match. I was actually going to say we may we may end up recording that uh, or reviewing that next week because um, I think that that's probably worthwhile and kind of evergreen for right now when there's going to be not a lot of content. Um, got B BLP doing the same thing. Uh, yeah. So Quentin, I mean, what do you what do you think about all this turmoil right now? I mean, we're just all we can do. All we can do is do the right thing. Um, yeah. Like, look, we we should we shouldn't be in big groups of people. Like, regardless of like how hard hit the areas and what your running shows are, we just should just be safe and take the necessary precautions and not run big shows. Um, I see a lot of people think like just like so like oh you don't we don't want to live in fear and do this and do this and that. Like, and I understand that, but you know, if, especially like with what Mania Week is and what like and what what it's become, like yeah, guys, we probably like, we probably shouldn't do that. Understand that a lot of lot of promotions are probably gonna lose their ass. I I get it. Trust me, like 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 this shit sucks. And like the fact that a lot of promotions, like you know, for the time being, might don't have any income. Um, to pay to pay like to pay whatever like like bills they they build bills they have come upcoming. Um, look, I I get it. It sucks. Like after like booking places and having to back out and the, log- the logistics of that, like the fucking uh shit. WrestleCon is going through right now. It's 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 not fun, but just before you know us being wrestling fans and wrestling promoters, and wrestling bookers, like we have a job to do as humans, and like we should at least try to be safe. And even if you don't think the virus is the most like um, dangerous shit in the world, like the least we can do is at least like try to like calm it down. And canceling all the can canceling these events is like that's like the best we can do. Right. Yeah, I, I, I heard, you know, some of the conspiracy theory stuff and some of the people who are hand waving it talking about like, yeah, like oh, it doesn't matter for me because I'm young. You know, me and you are both young and relatively healthy. You're, you know, obviously younger than me, but we're both relatively young compared to the cohort of people who are dying from this. Um, and it's really easy to say that and say, Yeah, I just want to live my life and not worry about it. But I did hear uh, you know, kind of some people making a point and I think it was a pretty good one. It really speaks to the concept of herd immunity, uh, where like us younger people, this is our chance to like kind of put our money where our mouth is with all the shit talking that people were doing relatively recently about, Oh, you know, okay. Boomer and all that bullshit. You guys, you know, sold us up the river and you fucked up the planet and all this. This is our chance to say like, yeah, they're the ones that would probably die if this continues to spread. But like, let's be better than just saying fuck them. And let's actually like try to, not spread it more and more and try to you know take take our own kind of lumps and and to to be better to show that we're better (laughs) and we're not going to just worry about only ourselves but actually worry about other people and that kind of spoke to me because i'm like yeah that's true it's pretty easy to be kind of nihilistic and just say fuck it like selfish and just worry about yourself but yeah but this is your chance to like put your money where your mouth is and speak to like you know not just being just as selfish as, as past generations maybe were um yeah, you, 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 you hit the nail right on, right on the head there. It's like it was, it's easy for me to sit there and be be twenty two and like have lived like a like a very, like a very healthy life and sit there and not care. But like I have two uncles that have comp, comp, kind of compromised immune systems and a grandmother that's had breast breast cancer twice and is seven and seventy years old. So like again, like I like for, for like at some point like you like you gotta think beyond yourself and obviously like people matter beyond your own like little spear you beyond your own family like there's people that have like like that are that are not me that I don't know that have like the same situation as like people that people in their lives that compromise immune systems they might have compromised immune systems themselves and it's like 
just like just try to be a better person it's uh, it's so easy in the face of mass hysteria and just i'm mean, like just just mass panic and like what's it like me and you work in fields where we're, where we're seeing it front and center every day <laughs> and it's easy to kind of get like like you're like nihilistic and, det- and detached from it because you like when you're seeing when you're seeing it every day it's you kind of get detached and like i said like like reading sentiments from people and just seeing like 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 so a lot of the good people out there say look like just like be you know more caring about your fellow human like that's like, that, that, that's all we can do so that's that's what i've been trying to live by and i think that's what you know for as bad as wrestling can be and as bad as wrestling fans can be like again anyone that's a, any fan of a fan of any medium whether it's sports wrestling whether you're someone who likes to go to bars and clubs and party and all this stuff, like just try to be better and realize that even if it doesn't affect you, you might fuck around and touch something that uh fifty that a, that a sixty that a sixty year old might touch that uh that had a difficult life and it might that like that might do something to them. Like just try and uh I guess after that we can we can move on from this. Yeah, let's uh, let's move forward. Um, it, it, there is an interesting thing. I don't know if you have any of this, but I see the businesses that are closed that closed even before this hit, and I'm kind of like, damn, they like just missed it, or the the companies that closed. Trader Joe's founder, you know, J- the Trader Joe basically died right before all this happened, so he didn't have to see yeah. his, his his businesses suffer. But uh, a wrestling promotion that happened to close amidst all of this is Three Two One Battle, one that's been near and dear to our hearts, and with. All of this coming out and going crazy, it's like that feels like that completely hit the back burner. But but you know we we debated talking about it last week, but it was still a little bit too you know iffy to even bring up. I thought um, you you know you I think you thought even more than me. But uh, but now it's like kind of official that it's it's done as far as you can tell. And even if it wasn't done, it's like I don't think Battlemania would be able to run uh, just based on the time frame that it is. So it, it seems like that's it. I mean. Definitely a bummer, but uh, but yeah, we won't get into the details of, of the kind of the story that's going around and what people are saying, but it is a bummer to see that company close because they really, in a lot of ways, were what built up the Pacific Northwest scene to where it is now, where it's actually a pretty viable wrestling scene. But, you know, at least that they leave and there's still other companies. When this is all taken care of, there will be a lot of places still running, hopefully, and uh, it will be a viable scene still, and, and a lot of credit to 321 Battle for helping to bring that about. Yeah, like, you know, like, like Defy is still, still going to be around, be around. ECCW is going to have to step up a little bit more now. But ECCW, like they, they like they, they're in good hands. DOA, uh, without a cause, the scene, the scene is in pretty good shape right now. Uh, it sucks, especially like you know, three, two, one, and like the fact that uh, ownership group, a new ownership group, couldn't get everything together, and that, and, that, and that fell through, and, and that all sucks, but. You know, like it's it's really just like gotta be thankful for the time that we did get with the with, did get with the promotion and it introduced it, it introducing introducing us to a lot of people and I know I know it's sort of similar in a way where uh like with C, with CWF once that closed like a lot of people like just didn't really like continue their wrestling their wrestling ambitions like you know three two one was like the sort of like thing that they go on go do for fun and yeah do and do well and, and do whatever. And, but I hope that the people that, you know, really were, like, I was serious about making, like, having, like, careers in wrestling, you know, go out there and still work. And I know that other people were in, were in positions to do that better than than others. Like, you know, like, Judas Icarus and Elliot Tyler are just fine. Uh, like, like, Liza Hall is going to be just fine. Someone that we're going to talk about in a little bit, like, Daniel Makabe is going to be just fine. Yeah. Um, 
and I just hope that I just hope that everyone else like even if like, like despite the situation and like everything else going on like doesn't get too discouraged and we still get that scene still like thriving the way that it sh- that it should in the future yeah definitely definitely um is there any other news stories you want to hit before we get into wxw uh no i mean like really like the last the last major news story is comes from wxw so i think we should we could uh honestly you know we could we could lead up we could lead off with that and just get, get and just get around to the rest of the wxw uh stuff if you want oh yeah that works for me uh feel free take the take the lead on that um wxw 16 karat gold weekend took took place took place um a little a little over a week ago and one of the one of the or, or i guess like the big marquee match that was announced or one of them depending on how big you are on the, on the super fight of uh Ikeda and ishikawa being announced but really like i guess like the like the big one for the weekend was Bobby was Bobby Gunn versus David Starr for the WXW Unified Title, happening on night two, with the stipulation added that if David Starr lost, he would he would no longer be able to wrestle for WXW. And we can talk about the talk about the merits of the match because the match seems to be sort of sort of divisive. But you know, um, spoiler spoiler if you haven't seen it, or haven't been around for it. But David Starr loses, and hence he is no longer working for WXW. And this is very real. It's, it's a it's a legitimate it's a legitimate uh legitimate thing where he will no where he will no longer be there. And pretty much, the story that both he and WXW officials tell is that this is not a decision that they neither either of them wanted to have to come to, but the powers that be, meaning WWE here, uh, because of David Starr's continued actions about unionizing and criticizing WWE on multiple public platforms and using his using his voice to uh, criticize their big criticize their big their business practices they wanted him gone from WXW and this is the thing that happened in progress a few months ago if you remember on the unboxing show from 2019 I believe that was his last time working progress and uh here now WXW uh decided they had to let him let him go too now with progress david and progress were kind of already on bad terms so i don't think that not necessarily like as like as heartbreaking as it was for uh the wxw guys and, and david Starr to come to this because progress like they're they're way more the bootlickers than, than wxw are and they they probably were just were happy to get david Starr out of their hair wxw loved david star and i and, and i and i don't think they wanted to do this but you know WWE and just how how they feel they they put they put a, they put a gun to their head essentially and David Star and David Star was the one that had to go. Uh, so Tim, what are your, what are your thoughts on this? It's I mean it's pretty crazy to think about because you know WXW does this weird thing where certain stuff will uh, will get posted to YouTube um, that like I don't even know if it's like through their official channels or or what the deal is, but it will. Um, you know stuff that they don't want on their streaming service like i remember who was it it was osprey and somebody doing like a, a dance off um that oh ah, god damn i think it was ricochet um maybe i can't even remember it doesn't really matter that much but like it pops up on on, on youtube uh without the um without the like you know with the music or whatever content they don't want up a lot of times they'll do it if it's like about music like i've seen them post uh Ilya, like Ilya dragunov yeah it is their official youtube channel they'll post like stuff that has unlicensed music that they won't post on their vimeo because it'll get pulled they'll post it on youtube 
Uh, and they posted the post-match interview with David Starr uh, that he cuts after the match that they didn't want on the official channel, which is very interesting, just the way that WXW does that. I mean, they're pretty open, like you said, about that this is like what the situation is behind the scenes here. They've always been relatively open with with the fans and with journalists, like the way that they present, like they have like a press box and they'll give like press passes to people and, and who, who are covering the events. They'll do even do a kind of like a, a, a media scrum with the wrestlers and stuff, which is very interesting um, to think about that. Cause they did that here. Um, David Starr, I mean, in the promo, David Starr talks about five years with the company. He's been with the company WXW for five years um, at this point. And, and we've, I think we've mentioned it here, but it bears repeating at this time that David Starr's run with the shotgun title um, is what got WXW to the where it's at now, where it became so popular. And I think that a lot of the mainstream kind of fluence influencers and, and fans and people who talk about wrestling that what got them noticed was, you know, the Walter and Ilya, but the kind of, you know, the shadow influencers who inhabit uh, the Slack chat that we're all in and the people of that ilk we're starting to pay attention to WXW around the time that David Starr got that shotgun championship run and was wrestling all over the place. And that was where WXW turned from something that like for me, at least that like I had known about for years and would catch some stuff here and there and kind of remembered a lot of like the saw death matches and, and some actually good matches with, with, uh, with Drake younger in WXW, you know, triangle league stuff, Grisham having some great matches that I remember that tag league, um, you know, stuff like that throughout history. But, David Starr's championship run and then the roster that they had at that time kind of was, okay, WXW is appointment viewing. This is what we pay attention to. And that was a while that that was the case. And then that big Ilya Dragunov versus Walter match happens. And that's where it explodes to where now it's everyone. And people are taking trips from all over the world to go to, to big WXW weekend shows. And WXW is on everybody's radar. And like I said, I think that David Starr's shotgun championship run there is what really kind of opened the people that would be paying attention to then tell everyone else and the mainstream fans like, hey, check out this match, you know, Walter Ilya to like actually get into it. Um, So it's very interesting to then because of how big they got, he has to leave because of WWE because I don't think there'd be any WWE interest in in WXW if it hadn't been for that you know the attention that they got and that attention comes from David Starr so it is just very interesting to see like bite the hand that feeds you the way that this stuff happens the way that they go with that and, and this is just another case of like you know not reading the fine print or or assuming the best you know thinking that oh it's fine we can sign a contract we can agree to whatever deal with them and they may have this kind of power, but they'll never flex their muscle. They'll never actually do anything with the power that they have over us. And here it is. Um, and we'll, I'll talk about it when we talk about the tournament overall, but David Starr leaving is just, I feel like the, the final nail on the coffin for like the symptom of like, I just talked about it, but getting interested in WXW was about this ensemble cast of amazing um, talent roster. And this weekend, I mean, this weekend was back to, the like historically what 16 karat was like in wxw which is that the only thing worthwhile is all the people who are flown out for one shots for the weekend and they're not really going to do they're not part of the company they're not going to continue back and then pretty much everybody else um is just kind of there and the wxw talent the wxw like homegrown guys just feel like nothing 
and unimportant. And the only interesting stuff is coming from the people who are outsiders who are not going to be here in WXWT today. And David Starr leaving is kind of the, the, like the very obvious example of that moving forward, that that's where they're at. I mean, they don't really have any of that roster left that was like super exciting at the time that we kind of all got into WXW. You know, I realized when, um, when David started, started talking and kind of put in perspective how long he had been in WXW, there's a honest to God, like legitimate case. If you wanted to call David Starr the second best wrestler in WXW history, you probably could. Yeah. You like, like that's a real, that's a real case. Yeah. Um, and again, I'm someone that's watched a lot of a lot of historical WXW. Like, I'm someone that, that really that really loves Bad Bones. Uh, I'm someone that appreciate that appreciates Absolute Andy, um, and like and, and things and things like that. Zack Saber Jr. was is a, is a homegrown guy, and despite the fact that he's been uh, busy in other places all over the world for years, like he's a guy that's still in the conversation. But obviously, like Walter is like the runaway number one guy. Right. So it's like, I would like like like. Star and Thatcher, really, who who like Thatcher also like you know having having his farewell this this weekend too, like those are like those those are very arguably the number two and three guys in WXW history too. Yeah, I mean you could and, you could say Chris Hero, but I don't know where you if you count him as even a WXW guy, but you know he's in the right. conversation. I think it's 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 a lot. Um, yeah. So I guess I guess from from the perspective. Of like, something, something that like I'm, I've been thinking about a lot is from the time that this Davis Star stuff with the We the Independent thing has really started to to catch fire. We've always been skeptical and always had the idea of like, well, will it be an angle? Will this turn into like a heel turn? Will this turn into like this and that? And will it be used for like wrestling purposes or whatever? And I think enough time has passed, really, to like I'll. Give David Starr his credit. This is this isn't an angle for him. This isn't um, an act for him. This isn't like uh, this. This isn't a gimmick for him. Because if this was a gimmick, he wouldn't be perfectly fine losing two very well-paying gigs over the fact that he's been stating these social beliefs towards this big monolith company. He's he's lost money over this. Like for for everyone to sit there and will say whatever about David Starr and this being hokey or phony or not believing it, he's lost fucking money doing this now. Yeah, yeah. Like, 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 like again. Show me, show me someone that like that will that will sit there and like willingly make their life harder over something that they don't believe in. And like again, he's put his money where his mouth is. He's lost jobs where he was where he's been the most over guy in the company. He was the most over guy in progress. And he he lost he lost that spot. He is beloved in WXW, and he and he's losing that well paying gigs from well from well ran companies that he's that he's losing out on. And it'd be one thing if he and, was still based in America, but these are the two pretty much biggest companies in Europe for him. He lives in fucking London, and he yeah. can't work with progress. Yeah. Like, like if there's if there's anyone that's put their mouth put their money where their mouth is, is David Starr, and. Like I, I just hope that this is like the end. If anyone that tries to act like David Starr is just doing these things just to do them and that he doesn't really believe these things, it's, look, he's proven more than enough to me. And granted, I'm a nobody. He doesn't need to prove his beliefs to me or whatever. If he like genuinely believed that stuff, then like he doesn't need to prove that to anybody. But if you're someone that what like that needed proof of how genuine David Starr is, it's like. 
I, I don't know. I don't know what more you want. The guys put his the guys put his money where his mouth is just as much as anybody I've ever seen in wrestling. Right now, it's time to start debating. You know about David Starr being a baby socialist who hasn't read enough literature. He's you know, <laughs> he's still stuck on. He's only read Capital and he understands the basics. He listens to Chapo and and the Michael Brooks show, which I'll give a shout out to. Again, I mentioned it before, but he was on that show and talked about how he got radicalized by Michael Brooks, which is very interesting. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, it, it's. It's definitely time to stop questioning his beliefs and start questioning, you know, him politically. Let's 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 hold his feet to the fire when it comes to theory now, guys. Uh, no, I mean, okay, who, who, we could do the we can do like a whole thing on like who's the real baby socialist between Zach and yeah, exactly, right. Uh, <laughs> Zach, I don't even know if Zach considers himself a socialist. I mean, he's probably oh, Zach is, Zach is a socialist. You think so? I don't. Yeah, yeah. you're probably right. You're probably right. I don't know. Yeah. Either way, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I. Obviously, he puts his money where his mouth is. Now, the match itself feels so superfluous. I mean, like you said, like it is a bit divisive. I think that I, I think I'm in the camp that it was too long, but I get why you would want to go long. And honestly, I could see why they'd let Star take as much time as he wants. But I think it plays into the same issue that we talked about. Star's had all year. I mean, he's just not. This is not Star's role, and he's not. I, you can see what he's trying to do and it's almost you can almost I I don't even think he does it selfishly I think that there's some wrestlers who it feels like a wank and it's about themselves and they're wrestling and they want to have these epic matches for themselves and star I feel like is at this level where I think he kind of knows his stature and his position and he's just trying to give people what they want and expect from him as being the guy and he's just not right. he's not there um, you know, it's even interesting that he's, his trunks that he wears in this match say pillar on the back. Like he's, you know, like he's the pillar of independent wrestling or whatever. And he's, he's just, he's, it's kind of a false, in a lot of ways, he's a false, uh, false pillar, false prophet in that regard. Um, on top of that, I mean, you know, pillar is evocative of the four pillars. And if you think of David Starr in that context, it is kind of like his other three pillars are gone. I mean, if you, you know, if you really think about it, the people that he interacted with, the most is like Zack Sabre Jr., Walter, and Thatcher, right? Would be like the kind of the the four pillars of the European indie wrestling scene, and all three of them are gone. So, I mean, you could you could argue Ilya maybe in there or somebody else, but over Thatcher or whatever. But or, for, or even just like independent wrestling, it's like David Starr is the last guy standing. Whether you right. want to expand it to like like US Indies too, like again, Zack, Walter, Hero, Thatcher. If you want to expand it to Ilya, if you want to expand it, to, expand it to Osprey. Skrull, Pete Dunne, like even, all people, all people that like the stars cross paths with, like even like Janella, like Janella, yeah, you know, yeah, Janella, he's the last guy standing. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of like it's it is weird to think of because somehow he's like he's just not the one, like and and this match I think shows it. I you even saying that it was divisive makes me feel like you're on the other side of this though. Did you? Did you enjoy the match? Because I I won't say that I hate it, but I will say that it was too long and it was really honestly like the epitome of what we were saying about with the Corvin match, how the Corvin match was so good comparatively because of it being kind of brief and, and concise. And this was the opposite. No, I, I, I did like it again. It went, it went too long for sure, but I feel it's a, a something that our pal Simon talked like a great length about when he, when he reviewed this match over at um, his hand, his handwork blog uh, individually, I don't think we could take away the fact that like David Starr is like amazing in all of these matches. He like he is like whether you like whether you, your mileage may vary on like on like how good the actual matches were themselves, but from Blake Christian, the Monix to this to Dickinson, um, 
Cleary, Corbin, like he's been great in all these matches. You you'd agree, right? Oh yeah. And just for some reason, it's just not coming together for the whole package. And when I saw that the runtime was forty minutes or whatever, like I came in there, I came in here expecting to feel that way, and I thought they used the time well. Like, um, to me, it like I don't care about length mostly if you use the time well and if it feels warranted. Um, to me, there's there's a difference between going forty with. Bobby Guns, the face of WXW, the guy that's headlined the last four big events um, in Davis Starr's farewell match, and that going 40 minutes. I could take that. Comparatively, like, like, that, like that's way less, way less offensive to me than going nearly 30 with LJ Cleary. Um, so from, from, like, from that perspective, that's why I don't have as much a problem with it, and I just think that Davis Starr was really good in it. I thought Bobby, I thought Bobby held his own for, for most of it. Um... David sold really well in it to keep it interesting. And for me, like it just it worked. In spite of everything working against it, in spite of it going long and me already having these issues with David Starr, I, I liked it and I thought that it worked because at least it fit comparatively to everything else that David Starr has done this year. Um Yeah, like the, but that's 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 where I'm that's where I'm at on it. Yeah, I I mean I get the I get the length, I get the match intellectually, I understand it all, and there's even a lot of stuff that I really like in it and like in like in the match, it was like I was saying in in, in whatever it doesn't matter. Dude, so um, there's, a, there's a fucking like there's his own like Shibata spot. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, there's it's a shoot nuts. headbutt with blood that looks cool. You know, there's there's I liked I liked a lot of the legwork. You know, I'm a sucker for the trailer hitch. It's a great move. It's like one of the few moves that I always loved when Davy Richards would do it, no matter the, what. Yeah, uh, the, like the way the way yeah, like I said, the way David sold like they're like down the stretch. Him trying to lock him trying to lock in. Um, Locking his submissions, and he just he just can't because like because because of the arm work. Yeah, yeah, done really well. The scorpion cross lock again. Like, that's like the epitome of what you're talking about there, where he's trying to work on it. It's it's such a perfect hold for that too, because it's a convoluted hold. It works really well with like the story that he's been working on the legs for the most part, but he can't quite get it because of yeah because of the arms being worked over. There's a lot in there. The the the, the, the suicide dive into the chair. Yeah, like is fucking nutty. The like early mat work is really good because you're getting you you forget that. Like while David Starr like like a really good amateur wrestling, amateur wrestling background, but Bobby Guns can hold his hold his on the mat too, and it's 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 a lot it's a lot to like there, man. At least for me. Yeah, no, definitely a lot to like there. But again, I just think I think Bobby was was fine at times, but a lot of his offense was kind of whatever, and and he wasn't engaging when he was working the heat on star. So it was kind of like star was kind of do all the work selling, which is you know normally how it kind of works. But I like to see a little bit more there. Um, so yeah. Otherwise, if, 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 there's, if, there's, if there's anyone there though who like I believe like can firmly like even if like your opponent's offense isn't the best, like you can just sell me on it because you're so good at selling. Like it's David Starr though, because right. that's primary. That's exact. That's exactly what happened last year with with Absolute Andy, where he's sitting there like an Absolute Andy is like you know in full like fucking Triple H mode. So you're not like so like so like enthused enthused about his offense, but David Starr just sells it so well that like it doesn't really matter. Yeah, that's fair. And like I said, intellectually, I get I get everything about the match, and I do I wouldn't say I hate it, but I'd just say that like I didn't. Uh, it was just it was just so long, and and it just I think again it shows the epitome of the issue with David. David's just working. He's working matches that are just too long for his skill set. He's he's much better in a quicker pace, and he's just and that's not even like I'm not one of these people who set, thinks that like a, a fast match can't be great. Like I will give faster, shorter matches five stars and still think that they're great. Um, you know, it's just, I think he's trying to deliver. And I mean, this is all wrestling. Like every, 
every promotion now it's like the main events the big important matches have to go way too long and it's just how it is you know it's 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 the new japanification of wrestling it's what we've all been dealing with um so yeah i mean anything else about that before we kind of uh maybe start from the top here with the weekend um we just really just talking about david star in general real quick before we move yeah, on yeah. um we ran through we ran through a few of his a few of his, a few of his matches that he's had this year from lj to corvin to cobb to pat monix to um to, to blake christian chris dickinson and right here about right here with bobby guns is david star wrestle the year contender for you right now or like is it like is it like hard to put him in that category when like you kind of leave being so frustrated a lot of the time by by his work? Like, is he even a, is he even in a conversation for you at the moment? I mean, you know, historically I've been very, you know, kind of forgiving on the whole great match theory kind of style of of judging wrestlers, where I can overlook people for not being in great matches but be having great performances. So I could see it, but I even we talked about it in the past. I'm just I'm not. I definitely think he's having great performances, but I'm just not seeing enough of them and I'm not seeing enough from him um, to really have that conversation. But realistically, man, I mean, this year is fucked. <laughs> like, I, who knows how long that everything is going to happen now with with kind of the quarantine and all of this. But it's I feel like it's going to be really tough to start talking about wrestler of the year stuff at the end of the year this year, just because yeah. this hiccup in the middle of the year really fucked up a lot of stuff and is going to fuck up a lot of kind of people's years. So yeah, I mean, he would be in the conversation right now, but also like, I can't really even think of who else is in the conversation as far as I'm concerned. Like really off the top I of my know, head. Like, um, uh, you know, Makabe, Osprey, um, Kylie Ray, AJ Gray, uh, people like that. But again, like even then, like now, like listing them off, it's like a lot, like it's like slim pickings there. Yeah, I mean, I just I don't think that anybody's put together much of a resume yet, and then now they're not going to have a chance to for probably like a month. Um, and then who knows what the wrestling landscape looks like after this? I mean, we might see a lot more limited dates because we see might see a lot of promotions really hurting after this to where they're not even running that much. We'll see. Right, but, that, but, that, but that's it as far as uh, you know, like star and now situation there. If you want to just go ahead and like and just circle back and do some general thoughts on the weekend, we can we can go ahead now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of hit it there. I think that the tournament was really kind of glaring this year as the first time in a while that it felt like the imports and the outsiders were the were the really the only worthwhile matches for most of the tournament. Um, also, I mean, most of the tournament was was all outsiders i mean there wasn't a lot of like wxw stars wxw wrestlers in the tournament even like it's really weird to think about and then past the first round there was like almost none like maybe the rotation like you could but he even he was not like in he hasn't been in wxw that much he's been like off and on for a while i don't know if that was from injury, but it felt like that he had a big gap of just being completely gone from WXW for a while. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah, he, he did, he did. Yeah, and then he came back, came back recently, maybe like a year, like a year or two ago. Yeah, he just recently kind of came back again um, as actually even being part of the company. And then, I mean, I guess Yuren Simmons, like the, those are the only people who make it even into the second round that are like what you would refer to as WXW guys. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, previous years recently, it felt like they had a really good, solid roster, and the Outsiders were, like, you know, just kind of interesting parts showing up and just adding in, like, some flavor, but not, like, the focal point. This year, it was, like, 100%. Outsiders were the focal point, and, and rightfully so. I mean, the Outsiders were really the only people having great performances. So, that was kind of my biggest takeaway from the weekend. Uh... For me, a couple, a couple, a couple of things that really stuck out, really, really stuck out to me. One, Speedball is fucking amazing, obviously, and it is like a true travesty that that guy probably won't get a major contract, a major contract somewhere. Like, I, it just is getting to the point where I feel like people forgot about, forgot that he exists, and the thing is like that dude, like. If there's anyone that again, like people like have like different ideas of like people being signed and doing whatever, but like he's done so much and given so much that I, 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 I like he's someone that I want to get signed. He's he absolutely is like placed in that tier for me, and he looked like the best wrestler in the world again. Yeah. Like going out there and like through like all the way through the final and ambition and whatever. He looked like yeah, speedball in twenty eighteen looked like one of the best wrestlers in the world, and like it looked like it looked like we came we came back to that. In uh over the weekend, another thing. I was really fucking impressed with Car Noir through the first through through the first three rounds. Um, I'm not sure if I'm alone in that. I'm not sure like how you'll how you'll re- how you'll react to that. But from the Mario Salani match, from the Jeff Cobb match, to the Eddie Kingston match, I was like, what the fuck? This is a completely different guy than I've typically seen him. And I was having a crisis thinking about the fact that I was like, is Car Noir actually good? Am I going to have then, to resubscribe to progress? Yeah, like, it's like, what the fuck is going on here? And then, then no, it just like, we get, we get to the final and uh, like, that's like embodies everything wrong with like Car Noir and like him, like just rising to power so quickly as he has uh, in the scene. But through the first three rounds, I was having a real crisis about whether or not Car Noir was actually good. Um, did that happen to you? <laughs> Somewhat. Maybe not as much as you. Honestly, the Cobb match had me questioning myself for like my, my fandom of Jeff Cobb over the years, if I'm perfectly honest. Like I didn't really? I didn't hate it, but I was seeing all the stuff that I hear like our, our pal Jamesy uh you know have said about Car- like Cobb over the years in the match. I was just like I don't know, and I thought it was interesting because I saw someone even saying, like, oh, you know, Kara actually brought fire out of Cobb and I I didn't really see it. I was just like, I don't know. I mean, to me, it felt like Cobb's heat was a little bland. But I did think that Kara performed really well in the match. So maybe that's kind of more what people meant is that Kara looked good and was like selling well for it and kind of putting it over. But yeah, I just I wasn't getting a lot. Um, and it just I don't know. Cobb felt like a little too lighthearted at times, where he should have been should have been a little bit a little bit more aggressive. Um, and that match had me questioning. That. I'm like, man, maybe I've been wrong this whole time. Maybe Jamesy was right. Maybe Cobb is bad. Um, but uh, what about what about, uh, what about uh, Kingston versus Kara? Kingston versus Kara fucking ruled. The Alani match was really good too. So yeah, so I was that, I was with yeah, you. Like, so, yeah, like, Simon thought it was insane. When I said that. I'm like, dude, like, <laughs> I'm sorry. That match is awesome. No, that was good. And 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 like I said, Kara was good in the Cobb match. And I wouldn't even say that it was a bad match, but it was just a match where I was like, yeah, like maybe I've been wrong defending Cobb this whole time the way that I have been, and he's actually not very good at this stuff. Because a lot of times my kind of argument was like that we saw him be a good monster um as uh what the fuck matanza 
So he knew that yeah. he had it, but like this was the perfect setting for him to kind of show that off, and he just it didn't feel like he hit the levels that he could or that he had in the past. So that was kind of my thing. Well, there. well, well, that, well, that goes back to like what our point always was about Cobb. Like when that's like the clear directive for him to be, yeah, he'll do it. Like again, like you mentioned it with Matanza. If you go back to AAW and like the like the original like the original wrestling yeah. stable, like that's what Cobb was, and he was very good at that. Yeah. But if that's if that's not the clear directive, that's not what he's gonna be. He's gonna be fucking Scott Steiner. Right. And you can either take that or not. But like, unless he's getting told directly and very clearly, we want you to be this ass kicking monster. Like you're not. That's not what he's gonna be. Right. And that Cara match was the time for him to show that off, and I just didn't see it. So, so that was kind of that. Right. But but yeah, I'm I'm with you overall on the, on the idea there, and and especially the speedball thing. You you mentioned it, but. One thing that I think that gets overlooked about Speedball when you talk about how good he is is like, I think that you can really like miss the forest for the trees with Speedball sometimes when he's just doing piecemeal matches here and there. But when, when Speedball gets warmed up, like over a long weekend of shows, or like you know we saw it in a in the D King tournament where he's having like, you know repeated matches night after night after night. Like when he gets going, he for somehow he's one of these guys who just gets better. Like he needs he that's why him getting signed would probably be the perfect thing. It's like he needs to be wrestling regularly all the time because if he's just wrestling like a couple shots every now and then and he just shows up and wrestles like one or two matches here and there, he's he's very good. But when he gets into it, like at the end of the tournament here, you look at the body of work and, it, and that's you, where you, you get look, impressive. You're just looking at him and just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Why is he this good? <laughs> yeah. That's where he gets impressive when he's when he's getting to show repeatedly like performance after performance after performance in a row in like quick succession. That's where you're like, God damn this guy is like something else yeah this this tournament really really put that over the top to me and and i definitely get the kind of talk of, of eddie kingston being the uh, the mvp of the weekend but i think it's really hard to argue that that speedball was not the mvp of the weekend on top of the fact that speedball had a great match and ambition um and that he you know is fantastic in the final even if you don't necessarily love the final itself so it's kind of Speed, like to speedball me, tries yeah. speedball tries really hard in that final like like it's like through no fault of his own. Like Speedball tries really hard. Like in this, in this, like this, this can transition like the bigger conversation about car, about Car Noir. But um, Speedball was the choice here to win this tournament. Yeah, he was the choice. He should he should have won it. Plain and simple. And for whatever vision or whatever the fuck they had for this for this final, um, despite how popular Car Noir is, Speedball was the choice, and Speedball tried really hard to. Like, you know, to, like to to heal himself during the match, and like it almost it kind of worked, like like for 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 like how divisive the for how divisive the match may be, or like how like universally paying the match may be. I'm not sure like if I've seen any positive uh, thoughts on that match, but for all that being said, like it is effective. Like when you listen to the crowd, like it seems to be effective if they're like reacting positively to like Kara's near falls and him kicking and him and Car kicking out of these moves, like so. I, from from that standpoint, it looks it looked like it was working. Um, I think though, by the time the car like 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 gets that like, gets that last rear naked choke, that's when you hear like the smattering of booze. Like, okay, like now we're going a little too far here. And look, we know the scene is scarce, and anyone with any anyone anyone in their right mind knows that like you know the like the first person that. Would have got would have found any any kind of momentum in the in the in the new uh, age of the scene was probably going to be like like pushed all over the place, and right now it happens to be Car Noir. And because of where we're at now, do you think that is going to lead to like 
people souring on Cara Noir like in record time. Like we've seen that we've seen that we saw happen to Travis Banks. We saw, we saw happen to like countless people over the over the years where people soured on Will Ospreay as soon as, soon as he won the belt from Jimmy Havoc. Um, are like are we like set for a record time in which people turn on Cara Noir and? Was like the European scene too hasty in like crowning him the new God King? Because like again, Speedball's right there and could have and should, should probably should have won this tournament. And here they go, uh, just having Car Noir win. Yeah, I know. I mean, I talked about outsiders, and and realistically, I mean, Speedball feels feels more like a, a WXW guy than Car Noir. I mean, how much? Speedball, Speedball's not an outsider. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even call him that anymore. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a WXW guy. Yeah, you could argue, you know, that. I, I wouldn't completely because he's been a bit off and on, but he's a guy who's come in so much. I mean, think back to the, the, the big title match he had with uh, with Bad Bones. I can't remember what it was, but it was like one of the feature championship title matches on um, on a big tournament weekend. I can't remember if it was the Tag League or if it was... Uh, uh, 16 carat one year but it was like you know a, a big like for like for the record like like all the like like carrot like 16 carat was like the this is Kara's first and only appearances in WXW right so so yeah compared I'm... to like compared to speedball where if I uh, go ahead and look and look, and look this up in a second hold on uh yeah speedball's been there so much significantly longer than him yeah like speedball's had 32 matches there yeah and I mean that's over the course of a few years and everything, but it, it, it it's still you know worth mentioning just like that he's been there in and the, through and through, repeatedly since since basically you know a while, and uh, and he's just you know here he's over the crowd's into him, um. Again, he's been the he's felt like the VIP or the MVP of the of the entire weekend. It doesn't make sense to me in any way. To, to not put him over if you're going to have him in the final here. And I think, again, it like it it shows He's with like, the reaction. I'll, 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 my thing here is that if you were like, okay, I think either way, Eddie Kingston should have been in the final. Probably. Like, to me, like, that, like, that, like that's just like, yeah. logic, like logical brain 101. Eddie Kingston is getting booed. He's thinking, he's, he's set up as the big bad monster. Eddie Kingston should have been in the final. Whoever your conquering babyface is, that's who should that's who should have been facing Eddie Kingston. You shouldn't have done Kara versus Speedball. Because then you're stuck in a situation like this where you got too cute and now like you might have like fucked up Cara Noir's momentum. And like if you just do like um say uh say um Speedball loses to Eddie Kingston in, in the semifinals and Eddie Kingston just has massive heat now and Kara beats Yarn Simmons and you do Kara versus Eddie Kingston in the finals Problem solved. Like, like this doesn't ha- this doesn't happen, or you just do speedball versus Eddie Kingston in the finals. Boom. Like this like this doesn't happen. But because you decide to get cute with it and decide to go against like just basic logic there, that's where you get stuck in a situation like this, where Cara Noir, like this guy that is super over and is very popular, like he does this and now it just is now it's like ooh like that now it does not now it doesn't look as good. Yeah. No, I mean this feels like the big bloom off the rose kind of situation, and 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 I feel weird because I was kind of one of the people early on championing Car Noir as one of the bright spots in the European indie scene when it was dying. I remember mentioning him at the time, saying you know he's got the character and and he can maybe put the work together, but he's like one of the bright spots of, of the European. I was mentioning this even before the Pac match hits, and then the Pac match hits, 
and then now people are talking about him more and more as the thing and then boom it's like feels like off to the races with him and you know again like I, t- I talked about it when he won the progress title that it could have been ojmo in that position and i think it maybe would have worked out better i don't know but like either way it's weird because it feels like a roman range like oh he's being shoved down our throat situation where like the crowd and the people are going to turn on him and and maybe he'll be able to to pull it off but i don't know the thing is about the car noir characters i think it can work as a heel still so that that can help him if the crowd does turn on him and they lean into it as a heel i think he can be fine um but yeah i mean this fin this this final the booking for this as the final was like really questionable especially because bailey already had the big kind of babyface babyface fireworks match against bandito earlier in the tournament so it's kind of like you're going to that well again with him and in a in a much like more toned down and not as exciting match so it just didn't make a lot of sense to even do that like you already i don't think that the crowd is going to accept it again so going babyface babyface again for the final and it's the final i mean they did such a good job of setting it up in that like both of the semifinal matches were heel baby, clear heel babyface matches. And then you just, for some reason, had both the babyfaces win to go into the final and have this. Like, yeah, it's just a bad, bad booking, bad move all along, all around. And it just. It's, 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 like, it's, like, it's like when they did Zach versus Dieter Jr. And it's like, what, it's like, why the fuck did you do that? Right. Exactly. No, exactly. I mean, there's certain situations. And it's, and you want them to, like, you want WXW to succeed. And, and, and again, like, try to, like, use this big tournament to catapult their star but again we talked about like this is car's first time here so they didn't even do that historically they've done such a good job of using this tournament well to present their guys as stars and this is like they did a bad job of trying to present an outside person as a star it's very fucking weird like mixed up booking for them and it does it very much feels like wwe you know influence caused a lot of the issues with this weekend it's just like, man, it kind of it kind of sucks to imagine. And like, we also missed out on like having like Alec, like Alex Shelley around for this, um, and just to think like like just how much more fun it would have would have been to have, but just to have him around and um, just like just around the setting. Yes, for for all this being said, I still I still wound up been actually enjoying the shows more than I, more than I thought I would. Like I said, the Car Noir being like such a surprise, uh, in in the first three rounds, Eddie Kingston being a being being really good. How about this, Chris Ridgeway? I thought he had a really good weekend. Yeah, like, like, like yeah, yeah, straight straight up, Chris Ridgeway from Inner Circle to the Bailey match to the uh, JAA tag tag gauntlet thing to Ambition. Chris Ridgeway had an awesome weekend. I, I, I gotta I gotta I gotta give that to him. He was really good. Yeah, I was I was I was uh, talking to former guests of the podcast uh, Daniel Makabe about specifically about that about Chris Ridgeway. I was always a fan. Of Chris Ridgeway's, you know, you like you. you he's, know. he's gotten he's gotten better. Yeah, like I've been a supporter of his for a long time. Even like the the first Tetsujin, I, I liked him even you know way back then. And I've talked about, it, but I, I've totally gotten it. I'm he's one of those guys. He, he you know he's obviously his style is like Kyle O'Reilly, and he's in the same way divisive as Kyle O'Reilly. Where I've always been an unapologetic fan. I like the style. I like guys like that. That's it's a certain thing. I can get into like a little gooberiness, um, in their kind of charisma. But I can also say I get it. I totally get why people have issues. But Ridgeway right now, this weekend, I don't see it. I don't see how you can say you dislike Chris Ridgeway this weekend. Because what he's doing, he's doing it really well. Now, I guess if that's not for you, that's fine. That's just not something that you enjoy. Okay. 
But execution wise of of the of the style of wrestler that Chris Ridgway wants to be, he's fantastic at it. Like he's really put it together. The tours in Noah have done him a lot of good because I mean he was he had a really great weekend here and all the way even up until the the tagging like when he shows up in the tag gauntlet with him and uh scotty davis up against the young guns i thought was the was really the shining beacon in that fucking gauntlet because that tag gauntlet was driving me crazy it was just so long and so boring and such bullshit and then when those two teams were going at it i was like fuck yes like that was for me so yeah i mean bridgeway had a great weekend um Going, going, going back to our like our, our namesake for the show, uh, Akeda Nishikawa. <laughs> yeah, these dudes, they, they showed the fuck up. These, I, I, I am blown away, man. Like these, like again, we we saw we saw Ishikawa last year quite a few, like you know, a few a few times. Uh, versus versus Tyson Duke versus uh versus Thatcher twice. We we get we got this we got the saw we got to see him. Here comes fucking Akeda in. I can't. It's like like it's like better than Ishi- Ishikawa. <laughs> it's like <laughs> holy shit. Um, but yeah, from from the from the inner circle from the inner circle match there to their uh, tag with Akeda uh, and Walter versus that versus Thatcher and Ishikawa uh, to their match in Ambition, which like <laughs> I was like smiling ear to ear watching watching that. But uh, wow, man! Like if, like another 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 one of those things where. Like despite like some of the other stuff like WXW had going on, like it makes you like not too optimistic about like the future of the company and the home and the homegrown guys. Uh, the Akeda and Nishikawa just like they like it's hard to not enjoy yourself watching those two though. Yeah, I mean, how does how does Akeda at fifty two put in more effort in a WXW weekend than uh, than Sakimoto does at half his age? Huh? Like, what's the what's the deal there? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, fuck, these guys went at it and they went at it hard the whole way. From the first night, I mean, the inner circle match tagging um, together against Ridgeway and Makabe, it was like dude, off like, to the races, I, you know. Dude, like, dude, like I gotta ask Dan, like it's like <laughs> you got the fucking wrestling in Nishikawa last week, like Jesus, Christ. yeah, man, what the fuck? And they like, beat and they beat the and they beat the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was getting batted around, and and then that speaks to what I was talking about. Ridgeway, Ridgeway was the hard ass in there, and he he showed off. He looked like a fucking badass like throughout that whole match. So. He played his role really well. Role really well. Dan, you know, was kind of playing the face in peril and, and and locking in some, showing off some of his technical grappling prowess. So, yeah, that that match kicked ass. I mean, was there anything else on the inner circle ma- show that you uh, think bears mentioning? Um, I liked Scotty Davis versus Shigeru Irie. Yeah. Uh, again, like basically like more like mid car stuff. And Scotty Davis, uh, Scotty's doing really good, man. He's Again, like obviously, always been regarded as a prodigy, but Scotty's putting it together in a, in a total package way right now. He's really awesome. Yeah, looked and, good here. Uh, looked good in ambition as well. This is something I'm not sure if you you saw. Um, did you watch Killer? Oh, excuse me. Um, Killer Kelly versus Stephanie Mays. Yeah, yeah, I mentioned it uh, in the Slack to you. I think uh, that match was awesome too. Yeah, they they. Killer Kelly looked fantastic here, and it's been a while since she's gotten. Steph- really Steph- show off. Stephanie Mays looks like she's gonna be like really good eventually <laughs> yeah i'm hoping she puts that together that was a that was a lot of fun you know then there was a you know that was a really good match they, i mean they both they really brought it and they looked tough and they, they fought and i'm i'm yeah I'm, again really enjoying that kind of hard nose they the really the the top three matches back to back were all like perfect hard nose hard hitting badass stuff it, the only thing that sucks is kind of the stuff underneath was the antithesis of what i want from these inner circle shows i like 
I kind of like the original Inner Circle and how it kind of felt more like, kind of like ambition, but like pro wrestling. It was kind of like toned down and basic, like bare bones wrestling show, but it was, it was still pro yeah. wrestling style, but it wasn't like, I mean, the stuff with Jay Skillet and Le- Le- was Levaniel or whatever the fuck, like that was all the absolute Yo, candy Le- shit. Le- Le- yeah, like that was bullshit. And I won't even blame them, but like, you know, for the match quality, but like to me, like the, the guy, the concept of inner circle and having a four way just doesn't, vi- you know, doesn't vibe. I don't like the idea of that. Like to me, the inner yeah, circle. Yeah, because because we, because we've seen all of them. We watched them from the beginning. Like we know what inner circle used to be. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's kind of hard to watch us go from like Zack Sabre Jr. versus and David Starr and like. Matt Riddle versus David Starr, or David Starr versus Homicide, or Zach versus Hero. It's like, oh man, I'm getting so yeah. fucking upset <laughs> saying these saying these matches. There was some great Holy stuff. Shit. The Inner Circle was a lot of really just good. I mean, I don't remember how long that was. Thatcher versus Tyler Bate in a 20 minute draw. <laughs> I don't remember how many Inner Circles there were before they even had a tag team match. You know what I mean? Like they did. They it was all just no, singles no, no, matches. No, they, they they had one. They had one on the on the day on the debut show, but it was like. A surprise match. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. So. Yeah. To me, it's just like a lot of, a little bit of goofiness that I just I don't want. Um. I mean, we talked about the tournament, pretty pretty big picture. First night. I mean, standouts. Obviously, Mike Bailey Ridgeway, phenomenal. Um, as the first match of the tournament, and like even beyond that, just like, yeah, like fantastic stuff like it was a great way to set the tone for the weekend for both these guys really but especially for speedball um and a really good way to legitimize um ridgeway to to a crowd that maybe hadn't seen him before or like people who are not super familiar with him or maybe just haven't seen him since he's come back from noah but like yeah it was like it was a good way to like put him in there with a guy that i think everyone believes in 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 speedball and sees as legitimate um legitimate badass and then have him kind of stand toe to toe with some big kicks and big strikes um so i really right. enjoyed that um yeah kings kingston versus makabe is just like is exactly what you expected it's just really smart hard-hitting wrestling with great with great selling and uh everything everything has a purpose and um i was i was a, I was a little surprised to see to see eddie win honestly but then like seeing what like what else like dan got to do over the weekend i was like oh, all right like, you know that's fine i get it um yeah wxw can be a little a little weird about about the the booking that they do it's like a, a guy will have a really mixed weekend like this where you would think you know historically or whatever you would think like that if uh, he's gonna be such a focal point of the weekend in makabe that you would also have him you know winning in the tournament you know he has the big tag team match on the first show wins ambition like you would think that then during the the WXW like the actual sixteen karat gold tournament he would be a focal point but he wasn't but you know I guess he still gets some shine coming out of the weekend and and yeah oh yeah pl- yeah, pl- yeah plenty of shine yeah and I guess Kingston is kind of we talked about it but he's the the most heel heel guy that they have for the tournament throughout um and gets the most heat and is kind of the biggest deal. so you lose that if Makabe well, wins well, here well well that's well that well that's the thing is that like Dan could have gone heel too. And I think he would have gotten over just fine. Yeah. But I guess, but but I guess like they just would have like they just made the choice that Eddie was going to be the heel, going to be the heel for them for the tournament. Right. I, I don't know. I wouldn't risk it for them right now. I think Dan is getting over as a babyface. It's weird. I think in Europe, like the fans really like him a lot as a babyface. I don't know that he would necessarily be a heel. I don't know what if this is the case, but it seems that he's a lot friendlier with the fans in Europe, like directly. I mean, obviously, we say that we're both very friendly with him here, but I don't know if he's the same way in the Pacific Northwest, so maybe that's why he's able to be a better heel there. 
Um, I couldn't say, you know, but like, it seems like the fans there just have naturally taken to him. So I don't know if you want to risk that and have him go heal this early, like maybe wait a little bit and then do that right. later. So that's fair. Yeah. I'm actually got like a whole bunch of hype that I just didn't understand it by the time this was on VOD. Why would the fuck were people so excited about Bandito versus Julian Pace? I, I didn't get it. I mean, that was my reaction too. I'm like, what the fuck was this? This is, it was a lot of botching. There was stuff that Pace just felt completely out, out of his league with a guy who I wouldn't even say is a top level worker. Like I, I have major issues with Bandito's game overall, but like Pace looked like dog shit in here. Really? Like and Bandito looked yeah. n- normal Bandito, I guess. But even he wasn't like, at his peak, but I was just like, yeah, I don't see, I don't see where the love was for this, honestly. Um, I'll tell, I'll tell you what, fuck though. Like, yes, again, it's gonna be like a, like a massive like I swept, like I swept under the rug, but Black Tours versus Sugar Hair area fucking bang, mm-hmm. and like again, like it's gonna it's not gonna get talked about because neither guy really made that much of an impact on the weekend, but this fucking rule. Yeah, this was probably both guys' best match of the weekend. They really fucking brought it, um, and just like. Yeah, I think, uh, I do think that it's kind of a waste, though, like, these guys could have both been bases for better flyers and had, had, uh, you, 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 you could have done Bandito versus Taurus. Yeah, I think you could have done, or you could have switched it up and done, like, Pace and Taurus and, and Bandito and Irie or something and, and, and really, like, kind of ended up with something that would be a little bit, uh. I don't know, just like kind of fits that dynamic better. But yeah, I mean, these guys, these guys really brought it. And then, yeah, to come out of it, though, it's like, I don't think that this match will get talked about at all. I like, I like Alexander James versus Jeff Cobb. But it's like, there's going to be very much so it's like two proficient, two proficient wrestlers having a very proficient, proficient wrestling match. It's not going to be anything that's like, you're going to remember, I'm going to remember. But it's like, it's Alexander James and Jeff Cobb, two guys that are good wrestlers like you know like that's exactly what they're gonna get from here yeah i think this um, this is a match though that hurts the utility of Cobb. i talked about it in like the the, the mm-hmm. car noir match um is that you've kind of muddled the Cobb character because alexander james is obviously going to be the heel so it's like you have Cobb and he's kind of working tweener throughout the tournament and not being clear baby face or heel and i think this is another one where maybe you could have mixed things up um in the booking of the first round but again like i guess the matches did get switched up like a mallage was it alex shelley got replaced by Cobb? like if you imagine Alex Shelley in here, that so. that's probably more more perfect. Like honestly, so yeah, I mean, that would be the uh, that would be the issue there. Um, I guess the <laughs> the crown jewel of the the first night of the tournament uh, with Cara Noir versus <laughs> Marius Alani. Um, look, look, man, I get it. And like, I know, the, I know the people kind of shit on Marius now because like he kind of underwhelmed when he was when when they when they turned him heel and did all and did all this other stuff with him, but. Yeah, again, we we were there. We remember. Wasn't Marius again? Like hyped up was like, oh my god, like Marius is gonna be like an incredible wrestler one day, and and all, and all this kind of stuff, and like, um, him being the guy that was like gonna be like the uh, like uh, like this like the like a four being used as a vehicle to get Marius Alani to the next level. Like Marius at one point was meant to be like the guy, and when they turned him heel, it just didn't it just didn't take. And like at its core, I still think Marius is, I think Marius can be a very good worker and. The, like getting away from the bullshit and getting away from like other things i really i really enjoyed i really enjoyed this yeah i do it's funny you say that mr no bullshit needs to get rid of the bullshit um 
Yeah, I, I, I did like the heel turn because he dropped all that ninja crap because <laughs> that was driving me fucking crazy. Yeah, like, they, they, like that was stupid. Like, like they like, turned him, like, they go, like, super ultra babyface with him and he's, like, a fucking ninja now. Yeah. But then he, but then they turn him heel and it's like, no, like, I, like you went too far. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's funny that, like, the ninja thing was too far, but when he was, like, dressed up like Robin, like, it was okay. Like, it kind of, when he was the Robin to the Batman with the with that wasn't like too far that was like funny and kind of worked like but yeah he was a guy that i remember us both like talking about how is this guy not signed and it was it was literally just because no one was paying attention and it's really funny that with the fucking european indie scene the uk indie scene getting completely decimated and destroyed that he's still overlooked because like look at this fucking guy he still looks amazing physically his he's in great shape and he can do like you know moonsaults and and fucking flips and he can grapple and he can go like he's a guy that i don't understand why he doesn't get signed and and honestly would probably fit right in perfectly in a wwe setting and i'll say it like he'd be a hell of a lot better than fucking joe coffee getting multiple you know w or nx i was gonna say wxw title shots nxc uk mm-hmm. title shots you know what i mean like why the fuck not like i i get not liking him as a heel on the indies because you know whatever people issues have with him i think he's actually pretty good heel but you can't be a good heel on the indies and not have people just say that you're terrible that's just how it works now um but in wwe i think he's a perfect heel because i think that you know people don't expect much out of wwe he's fuck randy orton can be a great wwe heel and people talk about him like he's the second coming and i won't argue that he's not a great wrestler but i am saying that like is randy orton that much better than marius alani like mechanically I mean, maybe. Okay, I can't. I cannot wait to tell Evan. <laughs> but you, get, you get my point. Like, I'm not. I'm saying like people like that's the way that it works. Like WWE fans are willing to accept a guy like this and say like, oh yeah, that's it. Like, maybe Baron Corbin. You know what I mean? Like, or or whoever. Like those kind of guys. Like people just accept it, and that's those guys are considered top heels and treated like that, um, no matter what quality they are as a worker. And and again, like. Randy Orton's not the best, you know, person to pick out because I, like I said, I, I actually do think that Randy Orton's very good. Um, but like, he's not like flashy and exciting, you know, he's a very good wrestler and he works crowds great. And like, honestly, I think he's a better baby face than he wants to believe. Cause he like refuses to be a baby face, but he's actually really good at that. Um, but yeah, so it's just, yeah, I think that Alani was a great heel here and, and he did set up car noir for the weekend to uh to be able to like kind of you know be set up to where then the only kind of bump in the road was the actual final which is you hate to see it you really do because to have such a really good performance all weekend and then the one thing that everyone's going to remember is you getting turned on in the main event when you when you get your crowning achievement you know that's that's insane man because it's like he really was he really was perfect up until up until that point he really really was yeah yeah he had a fucking great weekend and then one thing it's weird to think though that like they didn't use him anywhere else like he wasn't on the inner circle shows he wasn't on the ambition shows and it's like i don't know to me historically the the big person who ends up winning the tournament like at least does stuff throughout the weekend and he was not yeah, like, they're like they're like they're like they're like the whole weekend of me yeah like with like what like like all like with walter in 2017 like fuck he's like he's all he's on every show like he's everywhere yeah like you think of it it's like they they dominate and it's their weekend and this was not that was not the case for Kara. he just won the tournament and that was really all he did so i don't know and, and, and just like knowing Kara's background and like just like how athletic he is and just like how good of an athlete athlete he is he would have been a, he would have he would have been a fun addition in the ambition 
Yeah, totally. He could have, you know, he could have really just been in there for the first round, you know, something maybe. And you get to, you could even have him, if he goes out in the first round, you can like, you know, you could have a setup challenger for him now. As like, you know, someone saying like, oh, you won the tournament, but I beat you when it was, you know, in ambition, like stuff like that. It's just like, it doesn't, I don't know. It's a weird thing to miss, like a really basic booking thing. Um, the main event of Man, Bobby oh, Gunther's Bobby Gunther's car in the is gonna fucking suck. <laughs> oh god damn, that's gonna be terrible, dude. The crowd's like, gonna like, cheer like, for like, Bobby. Like like, 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 assuming the car in the wall gets gets a title match, that's gonna, that's gonna fucking suck. Yeah, that's gonna be really bad. And like I said, I think the crowd will will actually cheer for Bobby Guns there. Like, and yeah, it's been a while since they've, they've oh, done you know, that. You know, you know, you know what I'm just remembering. Is that they fucking shit on Bite Mueller? We didn't talk about. Oh this. yeah, he's just completely gone. Um yeah, uh, we fragmented with the news that like Bite Mueller pulled out for whatever like family reasons he had. Um, he was supposed to be a part of the 16 karat weekend, and during the media the media scrum, they uh kind of shit on Bite and talk about how like they, they want to work work with people work, work with people who want to want who want to who want to work with them, and like during that time, Bite said something about like putting family before anything and um yeah it, it looked really bad for wxw i'm not gonna lie yeah i mean and who knows because that was kind of the same thing that they did with Ilya, and then he came back and won the title you know yeah, but, but they like, didn't they treat like, it this way that's like, like for how transparent we know wxw can be like during like during their media scrum was how like transparent they were during like the star stuff I believe like, that was real. I, I believe that. That was very much like, yeah, like, whatever whatever Vite did, fuck him. Yeah, which is very weird because he seemed like a promising guy for them, you know, and, and you know, as a baby Walter or whatever the fuck you want to do with them. I think you could have got something out of him and, and, and for them to just, like, completely wash their hands of him now. But, again, WXW historically has done stuff like this. We talked about it with the rotation. Like, there's guys, for some reason, who are, like, on the periphery that they'll just, like, completely shit on and then maybe... In a couple of years, they'll bring him back. You know, like who knows? Yeah, like did a fucking um, even even key. Like mm-hmm. he'll just like, like he'll be like a like a bit. He'll be prominent. And then like the guys will be prominent, and then just like dis- then just disappear. Key like was a uh, was Tisher's tag partner and eventually an eventual rival in like 2012, 2013, now in twenty fourteen. Like, but then like just just the guy disappears for three years. Like, what the fuck? Like, why 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 even Key back? Right, and then you know for us because it's it's. I mean, now it's easier, but it used to be, like, impossible to even know what the fuck was going on in European wrestling. Like, you'll find out that, like, that whole time they were wrestling in, like, some random, you know, European and, you know, German uh, promotions. And, like, the whole time they were still wrestling, but the only fucking... I mean, do you hear of any other German promotions than WXW? But apparently there's a ton. You know, there's a... There's yeah, a there's, but the only one you ever hear... Yeah. G, I, knew, I knew GWL. Right. But, like... Now there's like more in like Den- in Denmark and shit, and obviously more in like just like the, just like more like more more of that area. But yeah, like something like Even Keeve was like, oh, Even Keeve, I guess he's gone now. Then it's like, where the fuck, where the fuck has Even Keeve been this whole time? <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, I mean maybe he's a guy who will that will happen. He'll disappear for a bit and then come back, and and they'll just have talked their shit, and then when he comes crawling back, they'll just they'll push him like he never left. Um. You know, just like like bad like bad bones is still gone. Like bad bones never came back, and like everyone like I remember at the time people were just doing all this stuff. They're like, oh yeah, you know, like that's not that's not that's not a that's not a, a permanent thing. Bad bones will be back. It's like, oh like shit, bad bones has still been gone this whole time. Yeah, and like wasn't there like kind of the rumor that he was like moving to America or, or something? Like he was going to be in America yeah, for yeah, a while. But, yeah, like whatever the fuck happened. And, like there was there was a lot like 
and then obviously if, uh, for people that really remember during uh, like 2016 uh, the whole David Starr Shane Strickland stuff oh yeah uh, yeah where um, you know like, like, this is kind of like the root of David Starr kind of like if you're someone that like kind of like like does like does think that Dar that Star's kind of a shady person, this is maybe one of the beginnings of that. Where like him and Strickland and like the whole, that whole crew and David Star is part of that whole crew, or was at some point, and um, like whatever, like him and Strickland just like aren't cool, um, and like just like we're not have never we're not friends ever since then, and like. I'm not sure anyone's ever asked David Starr about it since then. Yeah, not really. I mean, there's been, like, I've heard, like, you know, little talks here and there and stuff, but holy shit, you know what I just thought about is, uh, you know how there was historically all the, like, stuff that people talked about why JTG never got fired and, like, that he was always in WWE for no apparent reason? Um, uh, and my favorite, uh, my favorite pet theory was that, uh, I saw someone post that, like, JTG was actually just, like, the really good, uh, Dungeons and Dragons dungeon master. And uh, he would play Dungeons and Dragons with Vince McMahon, so that's why they kept him around, because um, he was just the best dungeon master. But what if it's just that Vince, like for some reason, picks out like one random black dude, and that's like his best friend, and uh, the new one is Shane Strickland, and Shane Strickland told him fuck David Starr, and that's the real, the real reason that Starr is out of WXW is not because of uh, socialism or any of that communist stuff, but because. Shane Strickland told Vince McMahon to fuck him, and he's like, "Yeah, we're getting rid of him because my man David, my man Shane Strickland doesn't like him." What was what was Shane Strickland and Vince McMahon talking about? I don't know. For some is reason, it, I just think, is, is, like is, is Vince is Vince is Vince a big Migos fan? He probably. I mean, I would I would not be shocked. You know, I mean, maybe uh, Vince actually believes the stuff from Lucha Undead, and he thinks that uh, Shane Strickland is actually a troop, or maybe he is actually a troop. I don't even know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't i don't think he'll hold on <laughs> Shane, Shane in the military? i think he might have been actually i was like about i thought that like i think that ar fox was the fake one but shane strickland was actually in the military hold on, hold on. <laughs> you are right. okay you watched lucha Under, underground i didn't even watch it like you you can't act like you don't remember this no i, don't, I remember this but like I don't know if he was like 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 real life. <laughs> I think he might have been. I think he might have been. I think Shane Strickland might actually be a troop. We'll have to find out. Um. Um. Oh, he he was okay. okay. Yeah, he was see. all right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Vince does love troops. That's I guess, it. I guess I guess that would work. That's it. It was a tribute to the troop. Was getting rid of David Starr. Um. But uh. Another guy, after all this diatribe, another guy... <laughs> this is Davis Star, Davis Star anti-truth? Yes. Uh, another guy who disappeared from WXW for a few years and then came back and they acted like nothing happened is Jay Skillet. And he was in the main event of the night one in a tag team title match. Did you even watch this? No, I don't, I don't, I don't like the Yeah, I fucking hate him. <laughs> why the fuck did they make him at the show? And I couldn't even tell. Are they supposed to be baby faces? I can't even fucking tell. I th- assumed I they were heels. No, I assumed they were I heels. Thought J- I, th- I thought I thought I thought JAA were baby faces now. No, I think that they seemed like they were heels. I can't fucking tell. I yeah, no thanks. Um, yeah, like that, no. <laughs> yeah, not for me. Uh, so night two of the tournament opens up with Car Noir versus Jeff Cobb. This is the match, like I said, had me questioning Jeff Cobb, but you enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed it too. I thought that uh, Car Noir was very good, but like I said, I just I thought that Jeff didn't bring the heat like he could have here, especially because you're setting up who's going to end up winning the tournament. 
Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. What was your? What was your? Do you have any thoughts? Do you even care to talk about it? Is it um? Kara, Kara bumps really well, and Jeff Cobb still has like his like his really interesting strongman spots, and there's some creative stuff in here, and I like the way that Cobb ragdolled Kara, Kara around, and Kara just he's an athletic guy that can do some that can do some interesting bumps, and I like and I like the way they did that stuff, and um, that's enough for me. Going on though, uh, the match I caught my after caught my eye after that was Eddie Kingston versus the Rotation, yeah. and maybe like I like I watched this. And I was like, dude, am I fucking insane for loving this match so much? And like, I still might be, but I was absolutely enthralled by how good Eddie Kingston was in this. Um, phenomenal bully performance from Eddie Kingston going up against the rotation. Who like, he's fine. He can do like interesting like flying spots, but like, let's be real, like the rotation, the rotation isn't very good. Um, and just seeing the kind of crowd investment and. Um, just like emotional, emotional reaction he got, he got from this crowd in a match for the, versus the fucking rotation. Um, as someone that has been like, um, not critical of Eddie, but just hasn't been as vocal of a fan of Eddie as uh, a lot of my a lot of my friends are. I, this is the most I've ever been, I've ever been impressed ever been impressed by Eddie Kingston. Like, uh, in a, in a singles capacity, just like an individual performance. Just watching him right here and just how quickly he was able to. Take take this sort of like meaningless like chalk quarterfinal match and just make it into the hottest thing on the show. I I was I was so impressed by it. Yeah, this is this is the kind of attitude and toughness that I would want to have seen from Cobb. You know what I mean? It's like again, that's that's the issue with Cobb being like kind of more of a tweener in the settings of the tournament. He wasn't really presented as a solid heel, and he wasn't really told to act like a monster heel, um, so it didn't really come through. Um, but Eddie, I mean, through and through, Eddie is a heel. I like I, I think even as a babyface, Eddie is a heel. Like you, you kind of get it. Like when he when he cuts promos, even as a babyface promo, it's like, it's kind of part of it. It's like I'm a bad guy. Like you know what I mean. Like that's that's part of the underlying statement of Eddie. And it's like you like him, you understand him, you relate to him, or you don't. Some people don't relate to that kind of person, but they. You know, that's what's so great about the way he can present himself is that like even people who maybe haven't seen or lived a life that way or, or, you know, been exposed to that kind of shit, like, you know, can can believe in what he says. And that's like what you get from him. And then when he's here and he's just 100 percent heel against the rotation, who I think the crowd seemed to fucking love him. And I don't know how much of it is that they love the rotation because I heard some people talking about like, you know, oh, the rotation can be so over or whatever. And, and everyone gets it. And maybe that's true. And maybe it is kind of what I was talking about earlier. That it's kind of like any port in the storm situation where the rotation was like, really felt like the only WXW guy in the, in the, the next, in the quarterfinals. So it's like the crowd is like wanting to get behind him because he's like their baby face to cheer for home person to win. So that, that too, plus just how good Eddie is. Yeah. Like this was, again, this is like what I would, hope for um as a uh as kind of like a a heel baby face kind of situation um you know obviously it it sucks to have to skip over a dan makabe match but like i don't know did you care about this alani makabe match because i was not a huge fan of it i thought it was good at least at least in the early stages i thought that the mat work was uh was good here kind of lost me kind of lost me during the middle and i again like i wish that um 
just like coming off of, coming off of an ambition win. I thought like I would have liked to see Dan come out a little bit more, come out a little bit stronger. Is this gonna be gonna be the last time or like a like like the last like prominent time we see him? Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I wish that Dan, I wish that Dan would have won that. But I guess like Marius being the regular, like you good after lose, after losing to Kara, you do want you want to get get it get him his heat back, I guess. But I like I liked it. Yeah, I mean I liked the pre match promo backstage. I thought that was good. I thought the match was pretty quick. Um, I think Makabe can be good in quick matches, but he has to be in with someone who's willing to work a certain kind of pace, and that was not this. Um, right. You know, Dan. I think that Dan can do. Dan is really impressive because what he can do, and we've talked about it over and over again with matches with him, is he can do um, really deep layered storytelling in a sprint setting. And this was like kind of the opposite of both of those things. This was like a short match, but it was worked with the pace of like a longer match. And it was kind of just not much there and, and not a lot of story to be told. Um, and it really felt like, yeah, like you were saying, it was just a way to like transfer some heat from the person who won ambition to a local guy. And I just, you know, I don't know if it was like really, really obvious, but it felt kind of obvious that that was what was going on here. Um, moving on, Mike Bailey versus Bandito. What did you, uh, what do you think? What do you think? I think, I think you might like this more than me. Again, it's like, there's a really fun firework fireworks match, but nothing much here other than like, it just goes back to how good speedball is and that he's the best, like, spot fest guy in the world but then he's also can do like the best like hard hitting shit in the world in the opening round with Chris Ridgeway. yeah I think that this is the epitome of what makes Speedball amazing is that he can go in here with someone and know what to do so many people fall into the trap of like trying to play with Bandito's charisma because the crowd can get into him and he can do little dancing and all this stuff but I feel like that stuff just completely ruins matches and Speedball went out here and he went hell for leather for the entire match uh, nearly 20 minutes of just like fucking crazy off the bat shit spots stuff that's just nutty like I love the speedball like adopted this fucking like fisherman suplex version of like the f- the back flipping um, power slam that Bandito did and it like felt like this was the match where it like really paid off that he was doing it the whole tournament um, because it's like this is the guy where it like really feels like a counter to his move thought that was really cool like yeah, there's just a lot of awesome stuff here, and it was just, this was, to me, like, I think in 2020, this is, like, the best fireworks match you can do. This is, like, how, you know, and that's not to say, like, that this is, like, going to be a match of the year conversation, but I think that this is the epitome of how you can do a fireworks match in, in 2020 and, like, really have it still work, because you just hit so much familiar stuff. The crowd is going fucking insane the whole time. There's like some novelty to it. Like there's so many of this kind of stuff that can just feel boring, you know, and, and just the same and blah, blah, blah. But like, this was, there was actually something interesting here. I think throughout the entire match, there was like new and interesting and unique stuff happening, which I thought was really cool playing off of like trademark spots. And, and again, like counters and stuff going back and forth. So I really enjoyed it for that. And and again, it's still, it's a fireworks match. There's not a lot of story. There's not a lot of psychology other than just that. But I think that like, you know, Ricochet Osprey and then Speedball Bandito, it's like in the same kind of conversation of what it can be. So you think, so you think that's better than like Hiromu versus Osprey, right? From the dome? Uh, yeah. I would, you know what? This is, might sound crazy. Sure if you, if you, I wouldn't call that a fireworks you, match. Okay, I, I I wouldn't either. Yeah, 
I, I, I know a lot of people would just like look at certain spots and look at like the things they did and we'll call it fireworks, but they built up to them like very well. Yeah, like that was that match had a lot more substance to it, and like I think that speaks to just the the, the maturity level that Osprey is at now compared to where he was even just a few years ago. So yeah, like I wouldn't even I wouldn't even put the these matches in the same those matches in the same kind of realm to compare them that way. It's more of a curiosity thing because like yeah. I don't I don't view it that way. Like to call like Osprey Haramu fireworks would be di- like would be like would be dismissing the entire like opening portion of it where it had like teeth network and Osprey like being like very smart and and Haramu selling a lot. So like. Like you would have been like just dismissing like that whole portion of the match to co- just call it fireworks. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, exactly. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would not say that that was a firework match. So, I would say, I would say Hiromu and Osprey was probably, yeah, definitely better. <laughs> like, yes, I, I don't even know why I said it, probably. That match was definitely better than this match, but they're two different kinds okay, of matches. Just want to see. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, all right. Um, I don't know if you watched this Iria versus. Yeah, Jim I Simmons. did. I thought, I, I thought, I thought, I thought it was good. Um. Yarn is someone that we talked about before, like at least on the top fifty, um, one of the years where he where he made it for me is that I do think Yarn is a good worker. I do think the fact that like Yarn doesn't get hasn't gotten to show it off much anymore because WXW is like just like a revolving door of of talent. Like he just hasn't gotten the chance to like grow and like have like special chemistry with somebody. But Yarn like Yarn had a good turn had a had a good tournament here, and I think like like that definitely kind of reminded people that Yarn is a guy that still like has value. Yeah, he gets overlooked because it feels like he had his time, kind of the massive champion run. But one thing that gets overlooked is he was he was presented and treated like a very dominant champion, and and mind you, this was before the time that there was such as much of a big blowback across all of wrestling against that kind of thing. Because because now I mean people just hate anyone who's like treated like a dominant champion like you know unless you're brock lesnar we, we, we really should do, we, we really should do a show about that at some point just yeah. like how like and again like some people will like point to that note and they'll be like oh like well brock lesnar like, like brock lesnar is like the extreme version of that. right it's like anyone that's like even like a semblance like a semblance of, dom- of dominant it's like god damn you can't get the, we can't get the seven months without complaining. right but but yearn as the dominant champion was actually very good and he was like pretty interesting and i think that that gets overlooked and when you talk about it, that he's a good worker i think that you know people get mixed up he's like that that good capital w worker and that he's really good at working a crowd you know he he may not and, and and he's not terrible mechanically he is actually a very good mechanical wrestler for the nuts and bolts you rarely see yearn have a bunch of big botches he doesn't try a lot of crazy stuff but you know, he's relatively smooth, but when it comes to, like, timing, when he does stuff, what he does, and the way that he works to the crowd in the building, I mean, he's pretty good. Like, you can't, I don't think you can the, knock the, him. The, compar- the, comparison, the comparison I made for him before, I don't know if you remember this, but, like, I compared him, like, like he's, like, sort of like The Rock in that way, where it's, like, he's, like, you're, like, yeah. like everyone else, like, you, know, you might have, like, these other people, like, like like your Benoit's and, and, Guer- and Guerrero's that are, like... Or like even like your Jericho, like your Jericho to some extent, or even like um like Triple H, who like was like super loved online, um in, in the early two, in the early two thousands as a worker, but like he, like again like the like the Rock just knew what he was doing now. Like you couldn't act like the Rock wasn't good when you put the Rock in a spot. Like he's probably, probably going to be a good match. He just doesn't. He just has it like different. He just does it differently than everyone else. Just like kind of like through like charisma and crowd connection and just like timing and just doing what's doing what's asked of him whether that was like as a heel or a baby face and you're has shown that same capability as a as a bigger guy that has like some that has not that has an athletic side to him um 
and interesting interesting charisma has worked different characters and all this kind of stuff Yarn is like again like Yarn is works a lot like The Rock yeah and it's and it's very it's very lucha also so it kind of makes sense that you like it it's like it more than willing to just lean on charisma and working to the crowd and that kind of stuff but also more than capable of actually delivering when it comes to like what you're doing but it's like why if it gets over and it works with the crowd that's what it is and The Rock was like the same thing where it's like I mean he could go like he could hold his own there wasn't like a, a lot of times that you watch The Rock work with someone and think like he was outclassed like when it came to the right. in ring it was just like that was not his thing some people maybe aren't into that maybe some people aren't like sitting at home going through notebooks thinking about moves and, and you know sequences and stuff and they're just like they're kind of like out there just to get the crowd to pop and like is that really so bad is it so bad that like a wrestler just wants the crowd to like enjoy their matches i mean i don't know maybe not maybe it's not the worst thing in the fucking world for a guy that's like to be the thing that they focus on um and that's kind of like the yearns thing like i like i said i think that if he's in there with someone who wants to have a match i think he'll do it i don't think that he's one of these guys who when you're putting together the match backstage he's like that's not gonna work for me how about we just go for a headlock like he's willing to do he did a fucking moonsault he did a standing moonsault in this match he'll do stuff but i don't think that that's like his main goal is to go out there and do stuff um we, we, we talked enough about bobby and uh bobby and star uh one transition, one transition, a little bit to, uh, for, to ambition for a little bit before we get to the final. Yeah, night. yeah, we should talk about ambition, right? I, I thought about that, but we completely skipped over where it was chronologically. Cause... Yeah, cause, yeah, cause, yeah, because ambition came before my night too. But let's, let's get into, let's get into ambition though. Um, uh, I didn't like the tournament matches as much as I have in, pre- in previous previous iterations. Um, some of them I really liked. Some of them were just kind of were just kind of, were just kind of there for me, okay. but the, both of the super fights were fucking incredible. I like for for sure both both super fights, and um, I would you know, I would say a couple of the tournament matches I was very much in love with. Um, but obviously, again, once again, ambition is something that's up my alley, up your alley. Something that I'm always going to make time for. Something that I'm always going to be excited to see. Um, just what, what did you, what did you think of it at first? Yeah, overall, I thought that the tournament the tournament matches themselves were okay to to good you know nothing amazing in the actual tournament matches really until the final um but i do think that they did a good job building to the final through the tournament which i think is 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 something that it's not always the case there are some examples of it being phenomenally done um but you know then there's also some times where it's just kind of like whatever throughout there's no narrative i think this was a good tournament for having a narrative the super fights were definitely i thought both very very good um and that's even still to say that like comparatively like the uh the next generation fight with the young guns like i I don't know if this is even their best shoot style fight like i think that i could argue that the tetsujin match was better um but this, yeah, but this, this, this was still like really fucking yeah, good. Yeah, th- these guys are are something else. I, I, I definitely am all in on this young guns love train that I've been hearing, especially from like the British wrestling experience guys. And I'm, I'm, I'm with them. You know, I'm, I'm. Are you are you worried at all about when they start like getting like prominent bookings against other wrestlers? Like, you know, like like our friend Simon who we've mentioned a couple times today. Like he's like, he's like adamant that like all right, well you guys are going to see when they start wrestling other people, and it's like. I'm not sure I'm too worried about them. Like as far as like, as far as like when they wrestle other people, it depends. But like, you know, the European wrestling scene 
has always had like most of the wrestlers have a decent backbone. I mean, we can even talk about it in the first match here with in the first match of the tournament with with Makabe versus Kevin Lewis. Sexy Sexy Kev shows up here and like even he can go. Like, you know, like the like Osprey, the whole thing that I loved when Meltzer was talking about Osprey's, you know, technical wrestling prowess. He's oh, he's just as good at technical wrestling as Zack Saber Jr. He just doesn't like to do it. Like that's what fucking Meltzer said, which is amazing. <laughs> so fucking good. I, I love Meltzer's brain is so fucking crazy. But it's true that like a lot of British wrestlers have a good backbone of technical wrestling. So if they were in the Amer- in the U.S. scene, I could definitely see the idea that like they're going to start wrestling other people and no one's going to be able to do anything with them and they're not going to be able to do anything with anyone else. But I think as long as they kind of stay in England, like I think that they might be okay. Because like think about like Connor Mills, Jordan Brakes, even Chris like uh, Chris Brooks, like you know those kind of guys. I guess Brooks is not in the U.K. anymore, but even like those guys who are like in the same age cohort as them going up against them, I think that they'll be fine. You know, they'll have good matches. So I, I, I can't say that I am too worried. Um, I, I guess it's just a fact of like, maybe like it could be a case, it could be a case of like the Gary J and Jake Parnell syndrome right. of only just have, only like literally only being able to have good matches with each other, which is a valid, it's a valid concern. Cause like shit, man, like, yeah, Gary J and board for some reason, like are just aren't, they don't have, they don't have great matches with with a lot of people. Um, yeah, but again, like I said, I, I, like that, I, it's different because they're wrestling American wrestlers. Like you know, there's so many American indie wrestlers who are just like they're not fucking trained. They're trained like dog shit. They don't know what they're doing. Like I think most of the British wrestlers are going to be trained enough to know how to do what they do. Yeah, fair. Um, you 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 me- you mentioned it. Uh, we can like talk like talk about the results of the. Of the first round, like Makabe over Lloyd, Ridgeway over Heisen, Heisenberg, Russ Taylor over Tyson Dukes, and Scotty Davis over Mike Bailey. I'll tell you, you might be surprised at this. I think my favorite first round match was Russ Taylor versus Tyson Dukes. Same. <laughs> I am not yeah. surprised. Same. I loved that. Yeah. It was so good. I was, I was really, I was really surprised at this. Um, I love, I love the finish to Ridgeway versus Heisenberg. That was fucking nasty and like the meanest Chris Chris Ridgeway's ever looked. Um and like Scotty Davis versus Mike Bailey, it ended so abruptly, but God, like that could have been so good if they got like another minute and a half. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like like that like that like that's a victim of like ending too soon. Right. No, totally. And Ridgeway and Heisenberg was again, like you said, the finish being so brutal. Like it's a really good setup for the story that you're telling. Like I said, with the, the tournament being a storytelling tournament to where the final is, you know, the big striker versus the, the the grappler. So, like, it was a great way to to end it out. And like you said, Ridgeway looked fucking mean and nasty. Um, and it is interesting because, like, you know, Bailey and Davis felt like it had some repercussions for, kind of, especially for for Davis and and moving forward. And then Bailey, like, having his kind of turn. But Dukes versus Russ Taylor was really the only first round match that kind of felt like. It in the grand scheme of things didn't mean much, but it also was like awesome that they went out there and just like fucking killed it. Like they just went, they went hard on each other, and they both look like you know they're both like in great shape. They're both like kind of young, younger versus older, more experienced versus you know, and just like yeah. So it was kind of interesting in that regard, just how good that match was when it was like the one that like really in the grand scheme of things didn't fit the most into like story of the entire tournament. 
uh, we talked we talked about the young we talked about the young guns uh next generation fight, but again, like, I probably wouldn't put this on the same level as the Tetsujin, but again, like fucking awesome stuff. Uh, and like again, I, I'm more than willing to see these two uh get to get get to do this more often as, as the years go on. Diggy Bakley versus Scotty Davis. So I want to point um so our pal Harrison who got a um, got a chance to watch this before um before we did. And then Harrison came into the chat <laughs> saying something about uh um Daniel Makabe uh teasing a Canadian destroyer is only the uh second most offensive thing he's done in the shoot style tournament. <laughs> most second sec- second behind do actually taking a Spanish fly. Um and I team that came out came out here to call sell Harrison, he's a fucking liar. In yeah. that Dan didn't tease a Canadian destroyer. It's a Canadian destroyer. That's like a just like what happened was just like a basic like being on the guy's back thing and it turned into a submission. I don't know how he got Canadian destroyer out of that. That just must be how poisoned his brain is. But yeah, like um yeah, it didn't it didn't look like he was teasing, he was teasing a Canadian destroyer, right? Like that's like that's not No, me. well t- to be fair, I didn't see Harrison post that and I also watched the match before him because I watched it on my lunch break like the second it was posted online. Um because I just I just worked out that way. I was yeah, very lucky. But uh, but yeah, no, that yeah, was he, not he a says, Canadian he says destroyer. Something about, he's, he, he, yeah, he says something about it like looking like he's about to like do a Canadian destroyer. And I was like, well, f- well first off, like if Dan was if Dan was about to tease a if Dan was about to tease a Canadian destroyer, he was well, he one hundred percent was doing to troll somebody, right? Or like the troll people that were mad that were, that were mad about the spot last time. And I just watched him like, no, he didn't tease a fucking Canadian destroyer. <laughs> but yeah, that, that like the Dan, Dan versus Scotty Davis lived up to expectations. Um, something I want to talk about when we get more to the final, just the way Dan sold strikes the entire tournament was like it was just it was really it's really really great. Right. And Ridley versus Rush Taylor, I want to see more Rush Taylor. Yeah, which is I, I want <laughs> which is yeah, funny. I want to see more Russ Taylor. <laughs> which is funny because you've seen him forever. I mean, I've seen him forever. We've all we've seen him forever. I mean, he was in PWG, like he was but it's it does feel like he's reinvigorated right now as like someone who could definitely with the way that wrestling is going right now, like this could be his time. And I think that I've always really enjoyed him and I've always thought that he was very good and like I've said I've seen him around, but He's put a lot more focus into his technical game. He's gotten in phenomenal shape. The last time I saw him in person, he looked amazing. Like, he's got muscles on muscles. Like, he's just so fucking cut and chiseled and just jacked and all of those fucking words. So, he looks great. Um, And he's not just... He hasn't just turned into, like, a, a body guy. He's also, like really fucking focused on being able to grapple and he looked phenomenal here he, he's, he's really he's really credible yeah so so yeah it kind of it kind of feel, feels like when you when we used to watch like watch those early uh fashion matches that made buzz and you would wrestle fucking like chris masters yeah you know like chris masters like been, like grappling <laughs> with this guy but it's like chris masters like kind of like works like he got like fit it was like oh shit like i guess he's good at this now. yeah exactly no totally so yeah i could definitely i could definitely see him having a, some breakout now with the way that the scene is going and he's definitely a guy who deserves it because he's been wrestling for a long time and, and again it's 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 crazy to think like <laughs> ryan taylor has turned into this um and then yeah, with the uh, the Davis and Makabe, I mean the the most atrocious fucking thing in the in the whole uh, match was not uh, teasing a Canadian destroyer, but Scotty Davis actually locking in uh, Gogoplata for a second. It's like come on, nobody gets that. That's fucking bullshit. What has there been like one UFC fight that finished with a Gogoplata ever? Come on, yeah. 
It's like as bad as bad as Matt Riddle winning by a t- winning <laughs> with the by twister. A twister every time. I was like, All hey, right. at least Korean Zombie would actually actually got a couple wins with that fucking thing, you know? Yeah, but like 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 every like you're winning every, every, every match, match with, with the twister. The twister. <laughs> I know what the fuck. Yeah. Um, um, we talked about Akeda and and uh, Ishikawa, but yeah, these. These old fuckers. These old fuckers. This was yeah. incredible. This was incredible. I like this more than any Thatcher Ishikawa match that happened last year. Yeah, I mean these guys. They not only showed off what they can do on the mat, but like they used their mat wrestling to build to the finish, where they're just like slugging it out. These two old gunslingers. The selling. Was, <laughs> the fucking off like a fucking rebound headbutt. Oh my god. <laughs> And the crowd it's lost so their fucking like... mind for that, rightfully so. This is the thing where people talk about, like, you know, shoot-style grappling, all this stuff can't work. It's like, this crowd fucking lost their mind on that rebut headbutt, you know? And, like, come on, with everything that they've seen over this weekend, you really believe that, like, that was the most insane thing they ever saw? No, they saw fucking Speedball versus Bandito. But but that shit worked because you built to it. You made it work, you know? Like, goddamn, you could do anything in wrestling. I just wish that more people would understand that. Yeah, but that that was that was fucking in uh that was incredible. And like if you're someone that's like cherry picking and you're not like watching this whole weekend of shows, that is very much that was on the short list of stuff that you should absolutely make some time to see. Uh just regardless of your and like your investment in the old battle art style and shoe style in general, these like it's like even like just beyond age, like it's just just really fucking good wrestling. The way Ishikawa sold down the stretch, and Ikeda just throwing these bombs and kicks, and Ishikawa just refusing to stay down. It's it's fucking incredible, and my favorite my favorite match of the weekend for sure. I'll know I'll know. Um, how, how about you? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. If I look at it, I try. I I. It's not that I try not to. I rarely think about stuff in those kind of terms, but yeah, I can't. I can't imagine anything beating this out. This, that was that was definitely it for me. Those those guys, I mean, they're fucking masters, and they they did it by like I said by the end. I mean, you're living and dying with everything they fucking did. It was it was beautiful. Um, and getting, getting to the final here, Daniel Daniel Makabe versus Chris Widgeway. Um, one great match. Uh, again, like see, like really like a like a cherry on top for. Chris Ridgway and how good of a weekend he had and same thing for Dan um, really plays off the story of Dan being the expert expert submission guy and Ridgway coming from his um kind of, what, what 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 was Ridgway was he Taekwondo or was he was he kickboxing um, I've always thought he was kickboxing but he might be Taekwondo now that you mention it that sounds like that's probably right um, um, yeah, so I think I think Ridgway's Taekwondo, Taekwondo background and just like like play, playing that up really well with every every strike that that Ridgeway landed, just punishing Dan and the few strikes that Dan got in, definitely definitely rocking Ridgeway. I I loved it, and uh, obviously Dan won. Dan wins. Dan won, and man, it was it was a like it was a rush of emotion. I'm not gonna lie to you, just to sit there and uh and see this, and Dan doesn't do, do some like big speech or whatever at the end, but. To see him like in eight months, the dude has one SCI, one ambition. Um, wrestled Shima, tight. Uh, wrestled Shima, Yuki Shikawa, and Daisuke Ikeda in the last eight months. Yeah, 
<laughs> like, what the, it's, like, what the fuck? He's had, like, a, a whirlwind dream couple of years, and it's so crazy to think that, like, he took took so much time off from wrestling, um, been just, like, such a big fan of wrestling. The amount of thought and effort he puts into everything that he does, and just watch it pay off for him is really fucking cool, you know? Like, you don't always, people don't always get to get to, to live kind of what he's has in the past couple of years. But, uh, but you know, I don't think that there's anybody who deserves it more really. Um, and you know, people can say that like, it's because of how weird and shitty that the scene is and because of WWE buying up all this talent and all this stuff and say whatever they want. But I think without a doubt, I mean, he's in, he's in the, in these positions because he deserves it more than anything else. You know, I mean, and this is match, this final right here proves it. I mean, you can compare it to historical finals and everything like that. And I don't think that it's necessarily out of place. I mean, again, I talked about that. This was about the story that you told throughout the tournament. You mentioned it, but like the ultimate submission grappler versus the, the striker. And even when you mentioned Dan selling strikes throughout the tournament, like the way that he did it, even set it up to where you could believe that he's going to be weak against the striker. Like that kind of stuff is like done super well to set this up to where it, it feels like the ultimate kind of, showing off showing out for the final match and and it's crazy man this guy has had an insane year winning sci winning ambition he's in he's in 16 carat you know doesn't make it to doesn't make it past the first round but he still does wrestles shima wrestles akeda wrestles uh ishikawa yeah what the fuck <laughs> it's very yeah, cool it's like, just like a real just like what like just what the fuck weekend and obviously like and congratulations to dan and, and everything um but yeah, that was a, like a, the, the like the big three matches on here were phenomenal. And again, like if you like if you're looking to cherry pick, I will go I will I will go for Ethan Alvarez, Luke Jacobs, Akeda versus Ishikawa in the in the finals here. Uh, and we can wrap up real quick and we can get to um, the a, a couple of matches on night three. Uh, we talked about Eddie Kingston versus Card Noir, and that just being like the like the like a perfect encapsulation of. Uh, Eddie and Kara's weekends, but uh, Daisuke Kada and Walter versus Timothy Thatcher and Yuki Shikawa. Those those two old fucks had some, had a little bit more left to give, and this was so much fun. Um, the Akeda and Walter team are the biggest assholes in yeah. the world, <laughs> and I loved every bit of that dynamic and just how pure Thatcher and Yuki Shikawa are teaming together. It's this was just so much fucking fun. Um, any thoughts on the match before I talk about the post match here that that uh that really they really struck? Yeah, me? no, I mean it. Uh, it's like this the weirdest like mix of this like old and young like BDSM romantic couple or something <laughs> where it's like it's like the, the, the they're swingers. Yeah, exactly. It's like these fucking just brutal assholes like you talked about who are just more than willing to be like just fucking violent and aggressive and just shitty against like their counterparts who are like both like his, you know a little bit smaller a little bit more subdued definitely better sellers better at the, the you know the technical side of things the grappling but the other but the others the the, the the doms are more willing to be just like violent and aggressive and, and on top and it's just it's really fucking it's really awesome to see that come together because it's it's very very interesting like the interplay between these people who have such a history with each other and mixing up the teams like this is where like the background and the investment and all that stuff makes it so much more and i think that you can come into this cold and really enjoy it and i don't think it takes very long to get caught up to understand the story but like the 
getting to watch it play out as like someone who you know has followed the history and knows the characters like it's so rewarding to get to see them like execute what you would expect from this and and it's not even something I would have like dreamed up. I wouldn't have like thought like, oh, you know what they should do. <laughs> you know that wouldn't have crossed my mind. But then when it's happening, it's like, oh fuck, this is awesome. Yeah, because this is just everything that you want it to be. Um, in that same realm of like getting to see like Walter and um, who who do you see with Yuji Hino going up against yeah. uh, Okabayashi, you know, and whoever like like in that same way, like it's exactly what you expect. But like just the, the dynamic is just so much fucking fun. Um. In the post match that, that I'm talking about here, uh, the the entire WXW locker room clears out as Thatcher is giving his uh his last bows and thumbs up and farewells to the WXW audience, the audience that's been so crucial to the last few years of his career, and everyone's just like on the ramp clapping for him, chanting for him, and in like this true Timothy Thatcher fashion because he doesn't want to go out in like this like big like emotional send-off he's like no fuck you guys i'm gonna go through the back like he doesn't like walk up the ramp to like get embraces from all of his friends that are up that are up there waiting for him and clapping for him he just says no never mind i'm not interested in that and just walks through walks through the back doors and like that's like the most timothy thatcher ass ending to his indie run that i could imagine and i I, I definitely got a little emotional emotional seeing that just because it's like yeah, that's exactly how Timothy Thatcher would decide to end, end his indie career. Yeah, no, exactly. It's 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 very Thatcher, and it, it the funny thing is that it fits on so many levels. It fits, no, well, I guess on two levels. I shouldn't say so many. It fits on the in ring level that, as we've seen of him, that he's very bare bones, and it's like I'm gonna just leave out the back. I don't need the fanfare. Then it also fits with like the understanding of the of the man, the little bit of glimpses, and like this is from you know a decade of paying attention to this guy and being such a insane fan the tiny glimpses of real thatcher that you get as a wrestling fan like he's just too humble and too almost shy to even think that like he would be able to deal with going up onto that stage with all of those people he would have lost it and he would have just been a crying mess and i don't think that he wanted on top of everything like i don't think he wants his last scene in WXW to be him on the stage crying. You know what I mean? Like, I think that that's part of like the pride and, and the man and the character and, and the real person and all of it that's involved with Thatcher is like, it fits in a lot of different ways to where it's like, it's so awesome to see. It sucks in a lot of ways to know what it, what it really means and where he's going from here just because we've talked so much about it. And I, I've tried so fucking hard over the years to not be like a WWE basher, but I think it's really hard for people to like blame you at this point. I can't imagine someone, anyone, even the most ardent like WWE fan to like know Thatcher, to know my history and to be like, you need to get over it. Thatcher's going to be fine in WWE. Like, I don't think that there's any way that anyone who has, who's not just being a fucking troll or not just being like, you know, recalcitrant just for the sake of it to not see that like Thatcher in WWE is a bad thing. <laughs> like for me, it might be a good thing for him or whatever the situation, but it's not something that I can be positive about. But this send off and this situation was definitely something that like tugs at the heartstrings, you know? You got to, you got to go out in a fucking dream match. And like, that's like, that's like, in, a, in like the story of him, like was like, was legit that he was going to fly in just to watch um, 
Akita versus Ishikawa live for for ambition, and they just well, why would you just, how about you wrestle too? Like, but like he was like that like that's legit. He wasn't he wasn't he wasn't booked to wrestle. I don't think. And he like and that's that's like the, that's the send that's the send off we got. And um, yeah, I'm 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 gonna start the Thatcher uh, Jumbo Saruta series uh very soon. Like I um like after I put out that introductory piece a few weeks ago, but. Yeah, this it, it was nice to see that this 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 uh, this was the this was the bow on uh on Thatcher's indie career at least for, at least for the time being. Who knows? Um, but I'll 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 be excited to revisit this match whenever 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 I get around to this. Yeah, this is this will uh, be a nice little treat. You know, you yeah. can ha- you can have a little Thatcher and Ishikawa versus Akeda and Walter as a treat. <laughs> I gotta make I gotta make it through all the uh, bad Tim- Timothy Thatcher uh, British accent videos yes. first. <laughs> um, any thoughts on Gar- any, any thoughts on Mike Bailey versus Cara Noir before we wrap uh, up? I mean, we talked about it, but like we want to talk about the match itself. I think that Cara did a pretty good job in here, kind of holding his own. Even the stupid handshake stuff at the beginning, I thought like the holding his hand thing kind of really like established the situation in that like Cara was out here to prove himself and. I just think that the storytelling of the match felt really tone deaf with the way that the, not only the way that everything had been presented up to this point, but also the way that the crowd was reacting. And I just, again, come back to it, but is it too much too soon? Is it too early for someone like Kara to be in this situation? Because he played this completely wrong. Like he, it's not his fault. This is how it fucking works. Everyone keeps saying it. Wrestlers. Nowadays, as I shake my finger at the clouds, whatever, I'm the old man, you know, shouting at clouds. And I think I do a pretty good job. I embrace modernity. I do not, you know, I do not uh, shun the classics or whatever that fucking meme is now. But uh, I do a pretty good job of being open minded to a lot of stuff. And I and I always will, because number one, I'm not that old. And number two, like I'm I, I, I think if you're not moving forward and you're not learning new things then you're just dying. Um, but this is the case that that Car Noir is not suited for a situation like this because he just goes along with the fucking plan and doesn't really call an audible and, and play into what's actually going on here. And the reality of the situation was that this match and this layout and this situation was not right. And they needed to probably call an audible and do something different here. And they just don't. We got into it earlier. That's like it. Like I thought that there was some good stuff here and I think that this was a really great match and it would have been fantastic if it had been this match in front of a crowd that was actually like excited to see Cara Noir win, but they were not. This crowd was wanting to see Speedball Mike Bailey win, and that really fucked up the match quality, like overall. And that's the weirdest thing about wrestling, and that's the weirdest thing about right now in wrestling is that so many of these places are doing these empty arena shows to uh, to do a little tease for next week, maybe. We haven't talked about this, but I still think I'm going to push for us to cover up that uh, Osprey No Fans show next week. Um, is that like wrestling is one of the few mediums, the few, you know, entertainment things that's really contingent on crowd reactions. And this was a match that like was fighting against the crowd reaction, not the entire time, but it definitely hurt it in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's yeah. Like I understand that they kind of had this idea of like, well, Kara is so over everywhere. He's going to come in and be the most popular guy at Carrot, and we're going to give him all these like big wins over heels like Mario Zalani and Eddie Kingston. Like he's going to be like super over, but I don't think they realized how over Speedball would be, which was like the miscalculation there. And it's like once you realize something like that, you should be able to adjust on the fly. Um, 
and I think and I think that's like the big the big thing here is that you should have been able to realize on realize on the fly that like while Mike Bailey and Carnoir are both getting like getting like cheered heavily here, you might want to change your plans before like something like this happens where you like try to like force Carnoir on people. And um, well, well, here's the thing: is that if Carnoir doesn't win this, he probably like the whole narrative of him being forced, not like and force fed, doesn't that probably doesn't happen. But because like you have him go over in a in a, in a way that what just wasn't necessary over a guy that was like super over in speedball and has actual history in WXW, now it seems like now like the whole like force feeding of Carnoir thing like now it has legs, and you know Car has been Car was good. The entire weekend, so I don't want this to be like this big like hip up hiccup that uh just like just ruins his momentum. I still want to go back and see Carnival versus Chris Brooks, um from from uh from Manchester. I want to I still want I still want to see that, but yeah, like I just I just don't I just don't like I, I just would hate if this is a big like derailing moment for Car, which I which I don't think it'll be, but you know this this might be the turning point of people like being like oh man this Carnival thing got like got like like came here really fast. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I can't. I feel really bad, especially because like he's already got like there is some ill will towards Car Noir, especially because he feels like he's like Glenn Joseph's chosen boy, golden boy, as everyone says. Oh, of course, of course, yeah. So it's just like there's that whole thing, and then that weird, that weird uh, angle, whatever you want to call it, rivalry he had with Ilya. Yeah, that was that was weird, and then obviously him being like a ploy in the. in the Chris Brooks Glenn Joseph work shoot, yeah. Um, they 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 have not done Kara any favors. <laughs> yeah, and we'll see. I mean, again, like he was a guy that I talked about even before he was getting any buzz as being like a bright spot and a and a hopeful part of of indie wrestling in the UK moving forward. We'll see. I mean, I I don't know the guy. I don't know the way his brain works. I don't know, you know, how he what he what he'll do. I think that he can be a heel. I think his character can work as a heel. I think he might be able to pull it off. His his character is very bland. It honestly reminds me in a lot of ways of of the the initial Trevor Lee run in PWG, where I always thought he was a perfect setup to turn heel in PWG because everyone was just getting behind him and cheering for him. But there was it was really a blank slate. He had really done nothing or said anything to really to make it get behind I, him. I, 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 I'll go one step further. I think I think that he should be a yeah. heel. I'm not even I'm not, I'm not even gonna say like like I think like. I think that if you just go like make the like the car and the water thing like so just super obnoxious because already is like just like it's just based on who he's facing, he could easily be a heel because like if you look at it like when he's like holding on to the handshake with Speedball, he's the one that's being an antagonist there, which is why like when Speedball is kicking like kicking his like, kicking his shit in, it's like I'm not mad at Speedball because it's like what the fuck weirdo, let me go. Right. <laughs> like, so it's like I kind of think that yeah, like you probably turning him heel something that would be I'd be very very interested in right yeah and i think that that would definitely that could definitely help with the situation because i think you need to lead into it and they kind of they kind of had the opposite situation when they did that with brooks it was like instead of turning him heel when it was time it was like they turned him heel when the crowd was like wanting him to be a baby face more than anything and it was just like so we'll see we'll see if they if they're able to pull this off on top of the fact that chris i mean not brooks did i, did I say brooks i meant Tyler, travis banks um the Travis Banks is just a terrible heel. Like yeah. I don't think that I don't think that Travis Banks can be a good heel. I've never seen him do anything that I I enjoyed as a heel. Um, which seems like it should be a basic thing for his style of wrestler in ring to be able to pull off. But I just don't think 
he really can. I mean, I guess the early on South Pacific power trip stuff was okay, but as a singles, I don't think he can be a good heel. Um, we'll see with Kara though. Um, that, that's it for sixteen carat. Uh, one match that I liked a lot that you know, even with your uh, WWE uh, um hatred, well, let's say I think you should pick some time for it, is uh Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak from Elimination Chamber. Uh. Just go, just go watch it. Like, it's Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak having a Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak match. Like, there's no WWE-isms. There's no overly complicated storyline. There's nothing stupid. Trust me, just go ahead and watch Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak. You will love the fact that you spent your time on it. And um, the fact that, they're, that, that it looks like that's going to be like a regular team um, for, for, at least, for, for at least a little bit now. I am very excited. I am very excited about the prospects. Yes. Though. So go just go ahead and give them Especially a Especially if they're feuding with the that whole Sami Zayn, Cesaro, Nakamura. Yeah, yeah. like like, like I'm, I'm not gonna hold my breath because like again, WWE could step in and ruin like ruin that a little bit. But on paper, that could be really fun. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed that match, and I I don't watch a lot of WWE. Everyone knows this, but uh, but yeah, that match fucking owned. <laughs> like that was so good. So can't complain. Yeah. Right. That's it. That's it for that's it for me. Unless you have no. uh, anything else that you want to say before we sign no, off that's here. That's it. Um, I guess next week we'll just be re- reviewing a whole bunch of empty arena shows. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> um, maybe, maybe talk about sup or whatever. Um, but that's it for us. Follow us at QNTR on Twitter. Um, and we'll st- stick with us through this whole through this whole thing. We'll be there reviewing wrestling and. Whether we keep doing like the current stuff and keep up with the news and all these empty arena shows, or whether we decided we're gonna do some blast in the past stuff and do do some do some retro stuff, that, like we we could do that too. But um, we'll be here still recording. Uh, that's it. The Führer and his vermin, this is how it all began. Now the devil he was reading in the good book one day, how the Lord created Adam to walk the righteous way. And it made the devil jealous, he turned green up to his horns, and he swore by things unholy that he'd make one of his own. So he packed two suitcases full of grief and misery, and he caught the midnight special going down in Germany. Then he mixed his lies and hatred with fire and brimstone, then the devil sat upon it. That's how Adolf was born. Now Adolf got the notion that he was the master race and he swore he'd bring new order and put mankind in its place so he set his scheme in motion and was winning everywhere until he up and got the notion for to keep that Russian bear well now Stalin wasn't stalling when he told the beast of Berlin that he never rest contented till they had driven him from the land so he called the Yanks and English and proceeded to extinguish 
the Führer and his vermin. This is how it all began. Yep, he kicked that noble Russian, but it wasn't very long before Adolf got suspicious that he had done something wrong. Cause that bear grabbed the Führer and gave him an awful fight. Seventeen months he scrapped the Führer, tooth and claw, day and night. Then that bear smacked the Führer with the mighty armored paw, and Adolf broke all records running backwards to Kharkov. Then Goebbels sent a message to the people everywhere that if they couldn't help the Führer, God don't help that Russian bear. Well, now Stalin wasn't stalling when he told the beast of Berlin that he'd never rest content to tell the head driven him from the land. So we called the Yanks and English and proceeded to extinguish the Führer and his vermin. This is how it all began. Then this bear calls on his buddy, the noble fighting Yank, and they sent the Führer running with their ships and planes and tanks. Now the Führer's having nightmares, cause the Führer knows darn well that the devil's done wrote to welcome on his residence and well, uh, Stalin wasn't stolen when he told the beast of Berlin that they'd never rest contented till they had driven him from the land. So we called the Yanks and English and proceeded to extinguish the Führer and his vermin. That is how it